When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Pilgrim on Wrestling! With your host, Billy Pilgrim, giving you that good wrestling punditry. Give you that old school feel with a new school type thought process. Every Wednesday night. So, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the show? So here's Billy Pilgrim. What's going on, buddy? Uh, nothing, nothing. Just, uh, just gotta, just doing some errands and whatnot. Uh, just, uh, just dawned on me. Uh, how quickly this weekend's like coming up, and there's like a lot going on. So I gotta message people and try to get them to give me solid times, which is probably my least favorite thing to do. Because <laughs> you asked me if you say, "Hey, what about the 15th? If I like, okay, uh, yeah, what you know, whatever. That's as simple as that. But with other people, it, it really depends, and um, it's gonna be a juggling act to. Uh, Make it all happen, but uh, that and uh, I'm starting work on my Halloween project, which is something I've been dying to get off the ground mm-hmm. for years. And uh, I put out a little notice on Twitter and Instagram, and a bunch of people that are interested. So, uh, and somebody else that I Marie Daly reached out, so she's going to be in Atlanta. Marie, yeah, uh, in September, and she and she wants to do something. So, like. You know, um, it's a whole, yeah, so it's a, it's a big thing that I've been wanting to do for years. And last year I came close, but I couldn't get people to commit. You know, again, it comes down to like, you know, the clout thing and, you know, and, and people going out of the way. But uh, I'm, I'm tentatively planning a trip to Tampa and with Marie coming. And then there's some other stuff in the works and in Abby. And I got to get together and, and hopefully at least shoot one or two Halloween things. Um, you know, I'm going to go more detail, but it's, it's going to be, I want to make it like a yearly thing where it's like the go-to thing for Halloween porn and uh, make it a month long thing and have it get bigger every year. Like, you know, if you're a fan, that's where you want to go. If you're a talent, you want to be involved. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, it's going to be a big money maker. I mean, I'll go into greater detail in the coming months, but uh, I have two scenes that I've been holding on to just in case, uh, so that you know, in case you know, because last year just like I said, I wasn't able to get stuff off the ground in time. But uh, so I've been sitting on these two scenes, and I want to get at least four full-on hardcore scenes. I only really need to shoot two more, technically. Um, and then some other stuff. So it may not go off exactly the way I wanted to, but, uh, but, um, 
Yeah, at least there'll be a start this year. So, yeah. Well, that's one thing I didn't. Well, one of many things I didn't get to accomplish was actually getting a Halloween scene during my time and in the business. One, um, finding someone that worked with around the time to where I could have got it. Now, I was able to get Christmas scenes, um, but never a Halloween one. Never think so. I, I mean, I, I might, I might do a Halloween. See, not a Halloween, a Christmas scene. Like I have some ideas for that, but Halloween is my favorite holiday. It's just the way I want to lay it out. There's gonna be, it's gonna be a lot of content for thirty days, um, and uh, and the way it's gonna be, it's like you're gonna get more for your dollar. Like again, it's I'm gonna go into greater detail because I don't want to turn this into an overly long thing, but it's it's going to be pretty cool. And, and again, as, as the years go on and I kind of keep raising, hopefully keep going up in the industry and the, I could add more money to the budget. It's going to get better and better. And, um, you know, we're going to hopefully make it a thing. I have an idea for Christmas Thanksgiving. It's not as interesting, you know, and again, unfortunately living in the, in a politically, well, it basically, it's not, and, and honestly, the one thing I would want to do, technically, you can't do anymore. Uh, so it's like not correct. So, you know, like, I don't think there's really any call to do, unless you're like an incest site, yeah, there's no call to do a, a Thanksgiving porn. So, <laughs> you know, uh, because which I never, I never really seen because the most, you don't see people dress up for, for Thanksgiving for, for a shoot or anything. Well, I, I kind of wanted to do something um like you know and, and and hopefully i mean the only way it would possibly work and even then i don't know if it would fly is you know kind of doing since my last name is pilgrim doing a like right. first fuck like thanksgiving Come back in. Come back in. Black Wall Street is now online, baby. That's right. Visit the GW District. Shop the very best in men's and women's apparel and accessories, home decor, office supplies, books, pantry items, and so much more. The GW District is a retail marketplace of black-owned products and media. We're both veteran and black-owned, and we're bringing you the best online shopping experience with products made by small businesses. Come and experience the GW District difference today at Shop gwdistrict.com that's shop gwdistrict.com the gw district a retail marketplace of black owned products and media that's right that's right Hey, sorry. I think that might have been my fault because the phone. I, I silence my phone when I record, but um, yeah, somebody, I get these fucking telemarketer bullshit called all the time from the Chicago area, <laughs> and I don't know if that knocked it off or what. But it's it's like incessant. I need to. I really do need to leave Verizon, leave Verizon, and get a new number because the amount of like garbage calls I get in a day, like it, it, you know, it's it's ridiculous. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, no, it's um, so yeah, it's one of those things where it's like it would be a really hot idea. There would be no, 
racism behind it, but it's like, you know, I mean, I have a luchador character that I want to kind of do, and I already have an origin story that's going to go into it, so that way people will leave me the fuck alone because, oh, it's a white guy playing a luchador character, you know, and so it's like there's a reason, I literally wrote a reason as to why this is the way it is, because I kind of want to do a spoof of those old uh, El Santo Blue Demon movies. They made these really if you have Tubi, or you can download Tubi, for any fans out there... I actually seen one of the movies. They were pretty good, actually. It, actually, they're like the old Castle movies. Like, they genuinely try to make solid movies. And basically, it's like El Santo versus Frankenstein, El Santo versus, you know, The Mummy, and so on. And they're really good. I saw the one with him and Blue Demon together. That was... <laughs> yeah. And, and it's it was really... It's, it's pulpy. It's a little campy, but they're really... It's like the old Castle movies with Christopher Lee, where, you know, and, they, and they're good movies for what they are and i kind of want to do a series like that and it's actually one of the ideas i kind of want to introduce the character with the halloween mm. scenario because you know but it's going to be a recurring character but again i'm a white guy and i don't need you know and again there's a reason there's like an explanation as to how this happened but i don't really you know it's that thing of i don't really want to listen to a bunch of people that love to be offended for the sake of being offended i i you people going to be there ain't nothing. It, it like put it this way: anything we do in porn, somebody gonna be offended. I kind of noticed that. Well, and, yeah, and it's not meant to be politically correct. No, you know, but it's it's. I just don't tolerate false outrage. So depending on the situation, it depends on how hard I push back because I don't. I just don't put up with it. Like I don't. The idea, if you're a grown ass adult, the idea that whatever bothers you. Um, and it should be avoided all cause, and you know, so on. It's absolutely absurd. And when I used to do comedy, you, you like, can't, you cannot avoid it. But it's just, and also, I, am, how, I, I can say that that this week was one of those weeks for me. But go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's like you know, I mean, hey, look, I kind of fallen out of love with St. Patrick's Day, you know, because, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I'm of Irish descent and I know the history and, you know, and every and now everything is so sacred, but then you're going to mock, you're going to boil down this thing for one day to like, you know, uh, you know, culture and so on. And, mm -hmm. and you, and it gets discounted because Irish people are now, now white and, you know, so on. But mm -hmm. it's like, you know what? It irks me minimally and I get, I fucking get over it. It's like, look, it's a party, like, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, just I, I, matter of fact, Samantha, I used to be a fan of hers and I don't know what happened in her life. Um, but she is definitely somebody who should, should stop doing any kind of sex work and maybe just go into full on civilian life and leave it all behind. But Samantha 38 G, I used to be a fan of hers, but she is really, I had to stop following her on Twitter. She has really become a bitter, angry, like you just can't. You, you can't, you know, but she's still doing some kind of sex work. So she's out there and a, a, a girl I know posted a picture of a male talent doing like a, a samurai thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Actually, what I got from the picture was Bruce Leroy. It was a black mm -hmm. talent. And, you know, Bruce Leroy. Yeah. You know, um, so and that's pretty cool. Like, that's the thing I got, like Bruce Leroy. And if you don't know that, you know, The Last Dragon, you got to go watch it. And she, got, and she got all offended. Because there was a guy, and it's a story, and, it's a, and it was made into a movie called Mope about a guy who wanted to be a talent but clearly had mental issues. And, I remember seeing that. And, and it, it, mental issues, and he eventually 
never was never successful and eventually wound up going kind of killing some people and going on a murder spree and yada 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 and there was a big thing and she basically went, like she saw it and she was active at this time so it, like i've heard several old performers that aren't are kind of semi-retired or doing other things like we're around when this guy was around and she's mm-hmm. like oh it was terrible this that the other thing and i'm gonna block you both you you had i was like Really, you're gonna block them, and you're gonna make it a point to lecture them, and then tell them they can do whatever they want on their own timeline. Then you're gonna block them, and that's when I was like, you know what? I I get something happened, it, like you you just your life something happened, obviously. But that's when the conscious <clears throat> choice comes in of everybody. Where, well, clearly, why are you still doing this in any form? And also, why are you on social media, especially on porn Twitter? And it's like this thing of. I've had a lot of shitty things happen in my life and you have a choice. You could either work through it and just deal with it and come to terms with it and face it. And trust me, it mm-hmm. sucks. It's not, it's not just like life affirming, you know, it, you got to go through a pile of misery to get to the other side. But this, like, again, this just this childish idea of, well, I should, it's offensive or I, I find this offensive. I'm like, I don't care. I honestly can tell you, I don't give a fuck. If you're offended, if if you something genuinely bothers you and we're hanging out or we're involved in some way and you say, hey, this thing bothers me like an adult, I go, oh, all right. Did I know because I have courtesy and manners to go, you know what? We're not going to discuss this around her or him. We're not going to do this thing. But but pe- but this idea that like since I didn't know and now like I'm guilty, go fuck yourself. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. If, if something is said in your presence at a comedy show, in a porn whatever and those people had no connection to you other than that moment and you now think well this they should just be completely their career should be ruined and i'm offended and the world should just stop and my and 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 you know my uncle grazed my train bra at chris at thanksgiving when reaching for the peas and that seriously fuck you and fuck whatever your jerk off trauma was you it's literally no longer about whatever bullshit upset you it's about your ego and your want to be important for a minute and people pay attention to you and pat you on the head and tell you it's going to be okay and again that's not the way adult life works and that's why i don't Mm -hmm. if it's genuine thing and you come to me like an actual person i go oh shit i am very very sorry but if you're thinking like you know the new thing too is like with pronouns it's like look i just met you I don't know what your pronouns oh are. You can God. tell me. Oh, oh my. Hey, look. I don't care if I offend anybody because I didn't interviewed a lot of people with the pronoun shit. And this is what kills me about that. This shit only been going on for what? The past, what, three years? Maybe two years at best? And here's my thing. If you want to be non-binary, that is fine. If you consider, if 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 in your soul that you're non-binary, you do not want to be considered male or female, that is fine. But this is the pronoun that gets me: the they, the they. When I look at you, I see one motherfucker. They is a is a plural, plural. That means when I see they, I see more than one person. When I look at you, regardless of the fact, I can't say they because it's you. Now, I can understand if you don't want to be called a woman. Okay, I get that. Even though you have a pussy and a pair of tits, and you clearly dresses as a woman, you clearly are feminine as a woman. Okay, then, if I say baby girl, or if I make a mistake, this, that, and third. Now, I've had girls that were 
not assholeish about it. They're understanding that you're asking people who has came from my generation, who had came from any generation prior to this fucking generation, to kind of shift what we've been taught and told within five fucking minutes of meeting your ass to get the right pronoun, which is a bunch of bullshit. Because at the end of the day, when you're saying they, I only see one motherfucker. Now, I get why y'all saying that because they is the, or them is supposed to be for non-binary. Well, then guess what? Just say that I'm non-binary. I mean, it's That's a- all you got to say. I'm non-binary. Okay, it- then. It. But now- you'll get mad if I said it. Well, it over there, she, it looks sexy to the motherfucker. I am not an it. But you say you're not a woman, you're not a man. You know what I'm saying? You don't, you, you're not transgender because apparently you're not transgender. So I pose to give you a plural Well, I'm seeing one person. And you know what? Here's the thing. If you want to go with the them thing, so I can understand with the, with the saying of it, it being having a negative connotation. But my thing is, look, you, uh, you, it's again, it, you know, I respect, whatever journey you're on but and so on but like if i just met you or again like you said sometimes you see somebody and they're dressed kind of uh for a lack of a better term butch but they're clear clearly a female you do well okay she might be a lesbian or she might be somebody who i you know like i don't know and now the thing has gone it's grown so fast and and gotten so diverse that even within the trans community there's sub you know, there's like subgroups within a subgroup within a subgroup. No, it was crazy. It's not the transgenders that's our age. It's not the lesbians and all that that's our age. It's these motherfuckers in their goddamn twenties that want to sit here and say they. And, and I'm like, okay, I get. Like I said again, if you're not binary, just say I'm not binary. That is that makes more fucking sense to me to call you they or them. And, and the thing is. It's also it puts in a weird situation. Like if I don't get if I don't get any heads up ahead of time, and I just met you, it's kind of a really I I consider it invading your personal space if right out the bat. And again, it, like especially if you just met somebody, it's, it's probably not even the topic of conversation. Like, so what are your pronouns? What do you what do you think you are? What do you say you are? And you look like you know it's like well, I no, they'd be offended that. if you ask. Well, here's the no, thing. literally, I, I be fucking offended look, if you ask. Like, okay, what do I call you? You can't tell? No, I can't. Because as soon as I say she, you get it all in your motherfucking feeling. Talking about some, no, I, no, they. And again, and my thing is, I, I don't know how to describe my own personality because it's like I am open-minded and sensitive. But at the same time, I'll tell a nun to her face to go fuck her. I beat the shit out of a guy in a wheelchair one time because he mouthed off to me. Like, I don't do... <laughs> Like, oh, the look on his face when I gave him the first punch, like, you know, when he realized, yeah. like, oh, shit, he's like, yeah, yeah, it don't matter. Like, this is what equality is, motherfucker. And he got an equal ass whooping. Um, and, uh, and, and, and just a little heads up, that wheelchair does not give you as much mobility as you think. But no, but I'm going to tell you what's funny, right? Now, here's the, now here's the thing. If you take the day, right, we, we talking about on the woman's side of things, so we can understand sex. Let her ass get raped to beat. She wants the same consideration that a woman would get if she gets hurt. So if you're they, you shouldn't get the same consideration as a woman. I mean, it's all it's I'm all just, yeah, it's now, all, I understand as a human being, you get the consideration, but it's mighty fucking funny. Like, for example, you don't hear like if a woman gets, let's say, attacked, 
She don't sit here and write the news letter and say, don't call me a woman. Dang, I am non-binary. I mean, it's all moving so fast that it's hard to set ground rules. And also, and that's the other thing that's changed in that there oh, are... Other thing for you talk. If you go to the damn doctor, do you want him to treat you as a babe? You want him to, 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 to well, check you out as a woman? Well, that's the thing. It's it's a it's a murky thing because if you if you recognize yourself as non-binary, but you were born genetically a woman, you uh, you know unless you're going through a transition or something. And even then, I'm not I'm not a medical expert. I never really did the deep dive into this. But if you go to a doctor, I would imagine even regardless of how you live your life and how you identify, you are susceptible to ailments, just like. Hey, you're a black man, and you're and you identify as a woman. Black men are are, are uh, susceptible, or you know, more likely to have hypertension. It's like, well, you know, you are. We like technically, you do have to. If there's a test to take, to, or for sickle cell, you've got to go get that test because of of the reality of the situation. We we still recognize, and you live your life, and we and I will call you whatever name you want me to call you or put down on your form, whatever you want me to, if you want me to put them on your medical form, fine. But genetically you are, you're a man and you're susceptible. It's, yes. it's a weird, it's a weird thing. And my thing is more often than not, people who have these things, whether like they, them, they're non-binary, they're, they're whatever they are. They are usually really cool because if you approach mm. them with respect, like, Hey, I just met another fellow human being. How are you? What, what do you do? Yeah. So how about them bears? They were cool, and it'll eventually just come out in conversation. You get, but it's, yeah. the problem is, in this day and age, everybody has a voice, and whoever yells the loudest gets to go out there and make a scene. And, of course, if you have, and it's usually the wrong person that pushes back, and then they, then it becomes a fucking thing. Because, like, if if I ever, and it's, and, and you know what, I'm, I'm getting more popular, and who knows, maybe I will blow up in the industry in the next year and come really popular, and really hit a new stratosphere, I might accidentally misgender uh, somebody or, or offend somebody by accident. And if they call me out and it's like a legitimate thing, <laughs> then like, I'll be like, hey, look, I'm sorry. I, we were the party. I had like three people talking to me. I didn't mean to no, do you it. Know, it's, and it's my party. bad and I apologize. Whereas, Man, they, they want you to fuck, especially if she's a woman, she's going to want you to fuck her and treat her as a woman. So well, how is that? You don't want me to look at you as a woman. You hear what I'm saying? I mean, not knocking the pronouns. I trust me because I do conform to it's not chosen. This is what you was born as. You feel me? You know, period. I get that. But if you want to be a they, don't be upset if I treat you as a they. Don't be upset if I treat you the way that I see you with my eyes. You get what I'm coming from? Yeah, it's like, I mean, if you a they, okay, then I don't kiss they. I kiss women. Okay, so as an example, <laughs> as an example, I uh, I went off on a girl. Uh, it was like the morning of the Roe versus Wade thing, and I made I broke a rule of mine is that when I'm genuinely mm -hmm. upset about something, I stay off Twitter. And essentially, I made a comment uh, about how, and I still stand by it, and I have to, yeah. again, I have to get on checking with certain companies if they're going to book me but if i'm not booked for a pay gig or or there's not a shoot being offered to me that i can't turn down i'm not going to new jersey i because when you think about it it's it's new jersey then it's thanksgiving and you got christmas and then there's yeah. another exotica 
I just I don't like Edison. I didn't have a good time last year. I might skip unless I have a paid gig or again, like Sarah J. You talk to Sarah J and Sarah J wants to shoot with me. Then I'm going to go to Jersey and I'm yeah. basically going to make Sarah J the entire trip. But then I'm going to go home, but I'm not going to go. And I mm. said, and look, this is a business trip. I enjoy I, hanging out with my friends. It's nice to see everybody. It's it's but mainly you're there for business. Everybody's there for business. Um, and this girl chimed in and basically tried to I, I don't know. Maybe I misunderstood what she was trying to say, but she was like, oh, it's supposed to be fun and this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, look, if I had the money to burn, I might just go. But it's like, I'm in the industry. I, it's like, a, it's about work. It's a work trip. Yeah. I have fun. I hang out with my friends. I talk. I have a good time. But uh, in the middle I, of work. I, you know, but it's, I, I'm going for work. And for me, I'm, for me to go to a place I don't really want to go, I require certain work things to make it worth my while otherwise i just wouldn't go you know and she i don't know like trying to make him like oh but she was she got into a conversation she didn't follow the person i was talking to on twitter she didn't follow either one of us and she just chimed in and mm -hmm. it's like and we're both super driven in that i'll go to romania tomorrow if, there, if somebody's willing to buy me a ticket i will go to romania tomorrow and spend a month filming if it means the advancement in my career or i can learn something and so on and i just went off on her and I explained to her, like, look, you know, and I think she's like an OnlyFans girl. I don't know the extent of her thing. And I was like, look, some people have goals and opportunities and we treat it as a business. And, you know, again, if it doesn't make financial sense, why, you know, like I'm going to Tampa um, in the next month or two because there's a lot of talent right around there and it makes strategic sense. I'm not randomly just going to go to uh, Dayton, Ohio or. And then, too, also, you might get more of your shoots done uh, during a non-convention time than during a convention time because you take the risk of shit being canceled. And I went off on Even her, and I kind of just went off on her, and then I realized, like, it's impossible to have an argument on Twitter because while, the, you're, while you're typing, she's, like, responded twice, and now you're behind. And essentially, I wrote her, <laughs> and the thing was, she basically was, like, offended that I accused her of not being serious about whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and then later on, I calmed down and I was like, you know, I should have whatever. And I wrote her an apology. She had her DMs open. I went in and I wrote an apology and I said, look, I kind of didn't mean to go all whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I just said, I was sorry. And that was, you know, partly mainly for me because I felt like I did wrong. So like, hey, look, for what it's worth, I'm sorry. And she never responded to me. And look, if she doesn't want to accept my apology, which I'm assuming she didn't, uh, that's fine. But it's like, I stand by what I said. It's like, look. Yeah. Uh, you know, like Sarah J, Alex Cole, fucking Ms. Danny, uh, name any female talent. They're not just going to go randomly go to Edison fucking New Jersey in October yeah. for the shits and giggles of it. Nobody goes there for the shits and giggles of it. The only reason why anybody goes there is because you live there or there's like a convention for work. And I'm sorry, but sex work is a job. And depending on your goals, you have to treat it like a business and you have to do yeah. business first and then have fun. And if you're able to like do your little OnlyFans thing and work from home and not really have to put that much effort forth and you get some like reward back, great. But other people, I have other things that I want to do and it requires strategic thinking on my part. And yeah, because even with my situation, because part of the reason why I had my mental break and um, is that my business, for my business to thrive, the podcast. Even even when I was in porn, this also used to cause me mental anguish. 
not being able to make the moves that you need to make that you know would advance what you're doing. Part of that is travel. And me personally, unlike you, I wanted to go to Edison. I already got people up there that are down for doing interviews. I know I probably will get 20 interviews knocked out within a blink of an eye because these people want to come and do it and it ain't going to take much effort for them to do it. But as like, okay, so everybody can understand full disclosure because I, 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 I don't give a fuck. The job that I work doesn't pay as great. Okay, you know, period. Now, not a lot of people. I had a girl at work, which is funny because everybody's figuring out that I do porn or did porn at one time, and and it's very interesting having girls looking at you in a different way now. But <laughs> but the thing of it is, is that one girl said, "Well, I'm pretty sure you do, you know, very well." I said, "Yeah, I do very well when it comes to porn. I do make good money." But the reason why I got the nine to five was to enable me to move because the money that I was making was going to bills, which would in turn hinder me to make more investments and moves that I would need to make. That's the reason why I got the job. You know, period. It was because I was covering bills. It's having the extra. But what hurts is that when you're retired, you can't make new content which is part of the things that kind of help increase sales in the whole nine. So now I have to work double harder than anybody else that is active because I'm not getting new content. So I have to reinvent, reinvigorate, repackage, and, and, and turn which is old, new. You know, period. So that's one. Like I said, I have people in Vegas. I have you and Princess Havoc in Atlanta. And one of the things that I wanted to do after I moved was prepare, save up, and get ready to take trips. You know, period. Disheartening when Sunday, this weekend, like for example, I got my check. I had overtime. Like I did like six doubles within two weeks, a two-week pay period. So I get my check after taxes, after child support. I got a nice chunk left. So by the end of paying bills, and I put a little bit aside the weed because I would take out for weed, at least $40. Nothing is hardly left. So now I have a job that, one, if I'm late, it's a possibility I get written up. I normally walk in the door at 6 no later than 6.15 at the time, right? Not on Saturdays, because guess what? This Saturday, I had to walk in at 7.15, which put me an hour behind. I'm making $12 an hour. Do you understand how much an hour, missing an hour, will hurt a $12 an hour check? A lot. A lot. You feel me? Yeah. Plus, I have a manager that I don't feel like talking to, that I don't care for but so much. So now I got to have a conversation with him about why I was late, which the reason why I was late, because the bus, our bus system is fucked up on the weekends. The bus that I ride decides it don't want to come out of the motherfucking shit to an hour later than it normally do on the weekdays, which blows my mind. Oh, by the way, not just Saturday. On Sunday, it comes two hours later. You feel me? So me not doing my due diligence, not knowing this, 
I'll get to Sunday in a minute. So I'm able to get to work. No big deal. Saturday is cool. Sunday comes. I'm thinking the bus going to come around the same time. So I'm at the bus station, bus stop, and you you can text the number of, of that bus stop to see when it's coming. Come to find out it's not coming. So I'm like, wait a second. That's weird. But sometimes it's a glitch in the system. So I said, let me just go look. The motherfucker don't leave from downtown at 7 o'clock, which means I wouldn't have got to work to 8-something. So guess what Bob going to have to do? Bob got to work 30 minutes, got to walk 30 minutes on a road with no sidewalk, with motherfuckers speeding. Almost got hit like three times walking to fucking work, Billy. Almost got hit. And then the son of a bitch want to hawk the horn like I'm in the goddamn street. Nigga, please. I'm on, I'm on the side, goddamn. You almost swiped me. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So I got to walk all the way to motherfucking work, which I didn't get there at about 7.30, which I work laundry. In a rest home, where when you feed motherfuckers, they shit. And they shit multiple times. As you, I have a COVID outbreak that's going on right now within the fucking workplace. I digress. So I had to walk all the way to work. Now, had $9 on my PayPal card. I said, well, okay, let me check. I go check my card. I don't have the $9. I'm down to three. Why? Because Apple TV which I didn't even know was attached to my goddamn car, decided that that day they decided they want to take their money for me to watch an app that I don't even fucking watch. So, like I said, I had to walk. By the way, in hot North Carolina weather, and trust me, the heat in North Carolina, uh, it's not cool. I, I understand people are going to say, well, I'm in Florida. Well, I'm in Vegas. No, no, no. Trust me. North Carolina heat, I rather take Florida heat over North Carolina heat because it's just dreary, depressing heat. I get why Florida hot as fuck because it's nearby the equator. We hot. We have Florida. We have Florida heat. Well, we have, like, the heat index that morning was at 100. So I'm talking about walking to work. So I'm fucking few. Now, the kind of person I am when I hit my anxiety breaking point, when I hit my mental breaking point, everything that I didn't put to the side, brushed off, let go, that has been that's bothered me or would bother me, decides that it all wants to come crashing down on little Bob for that moment. Part of that is the business. I already had an issue when my partner wanted to hit me up talking about he wanted me to see if we could film again. I already struggled with the fact that I did retire. I already struggled with the fact that I kind of do miss the game, but do I really want to go through the hell that I had to go through to get back in it? That means that I got to go through get tested. Don't feel like spending no goddamn 300 fucking dollars for no TTS. They're only going to use one goddamn time. I don't even know the health department even accepted motherfuckers for tests unless you got something. Because that's the last time I talked to them a couple months ago, they still were doing that shit. Because I like to stay tested, even though I'm not, you you know where I'm coming from? I'm not in the industry. Because I had a father that had HIV. Okay? So I like to keep up with my shit anyway. Whether I'm in the industry or not. So, 
which means that, and two, also, I hate when my partner comes to me because if I decide that I want to do this again or do it just with him, you got my hopes up. And then all of a sudden, as usual, his track record is terrible because even the type girls that he decides he want to get, he don't get industry get chicks. He don't get chicks that want to break the industry. He gets back page hoes, if you get my drift. Which means that they might shoot, they might not. You feel where I'm coming from? I hate you even ask me about that because then if you get me up for it, and then guess what? Now I'm disappointed. And I hate being disappointed. I hate disappointment. I'd rather not even know about it than to be disappointed. Then add to the fact that when I looked at the money situation, the money that I'm going to have to come up with for me to go to Edison to do what I need to do, the money I need to come up with to go take trips, the, all this stuff on the business end, can I pull it off? Because even with the money that I get from porn, as soon as it comes, it's a bill that needs to be taken care of, which takes that money. So I can't even say. So with all this, you know, and yes, I'll be the first to say it. Yeah, I'm a fucking hater. I hate seeing happy motherfuckers. I am sorry. I am stink meaner. I'll see a rainbow and say, this some bullshit. <laughs> Straight up. Because the simple fact of that when I'm seeing everybody, this is why I hate about the internet. This is why I hate about social media. Everybody want to show how happy their life is, even though their life might be fucked up. They want to show how happy they is. You think I really enjoy seeing that motherfuckers able to do what I can't do? Even though I know that I am better than them, more professional than them, this is even with the male talent. There are male times right now that's your favorite male times. I will fuck rings around their bitch ass. Can't touch me with a 10-foot pole. And we talking about the ones that won awards, niggas. I say it to this day, and I got the video to prove it. Some of the niggas can't even fuck with me on screen. There's podcasters right now that can't fuck with me on podcasting. You can't, you can't roll with me. I'm good at what the fuck I do. And I'm not ashamed to toot my own fucking horn. Billy is a great fucking male talent. One of the best I ever fucking seen. He deserves his fucking roses. And an even better fucking podcaster. You feel me? So I understand your pain when you deal with some of these motherfuckers because I dealt with it for 15 years. Part of the reason why I stepped away from the game. But it's like, I want to see progress. When I think I'm seeing progress, something reminds me I ain't progressed. And it's frustrating. Because at the end of the day, I'm not just want to be successful for myself. I want to be successful for the people around me, my family, my friends, my colleagues. Because if I know I'm successful, I can do more with them and for them. You know, period. So it's kind of like that would really broke me. Because I'm like, you know, like for example, I have girls that sit here and ask me to come out of retirement, right? But I know in my heart and mind, you're just saying that bullshit just to be fucking nice. Because if I did come out of retirement, you wouldn't give me the time of fucking day. You wouldn't give me the time of day. You damn sure wouldn't come to North Carolina to fucking film. Not on your own dime. Even though I'm supplying the cameraman, even though I'm supplying the fucking hotel, you ain't even got the balls to pay for your fucking plane ticket. That's the shit. Plus, I live in an area where motherfuckers don't come to no goddamn way. Like, I had a girl, Big Jordan, shots out to my her. 
She went to Charlotte. I said, do you ever come to, you know, Raleigh Durham? I don't like driving. I said, God damn. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the fucking day. Y'all don't know? Come to Durham so we can do a podcast together. I will cover the fucking hotel room. But because y'all motherfuckers don't want to take the balls and y'all so worried that you can't make money off your fucking escorting, which you can make money off your fucking escorting Riley and Durham, because you know how many girls that came to Riley and Durham and motherfucking made bank, but went to Charlotte didn't make shit. Perfect example. My girl Michelle Ann, a.k.a. Adrian C's. She came to Raleigh one time, Billy. Guess what? She been coming back to Raleigh ever fucking since. Why? Because she done made fucking bank. She'll just go to Charlotte, then come to Raleigh, and then go back the fuck home. You know, period. I sit there and see everybody go to New York. They go to Atlanta. They go here. They go there. You know, period. The main reason why they going is not for fucking content. You're going to goddamn trick and get money. Just so happen content is part of the goddamn, it's part of the trip. But it's not the main reason that you're going. But your asses won't come to Durham. You won't come to Raleigh. Yeah, I get you ain't doing content or what have you. I get that. Hey, I might will come out of retirement for some of you motherfuckers if I knew you would fucking come to my goddamn city. Because at the end of the day, it's kind of like this. People ask why I didn't travel. Why the fuck would I travel when I got everything I fucking need in Durham? I got a cameraman. They're going to give me my content on time. They had shot for major fucking companies who also have content to get your dumb ass work. Why do I need to move around for that? Put my hands and my fate in the hands of this other motherfucker that got a camera. They may try to bullshit me to give me my content. I've been in that position before. So it kind of like, to me, it's things that frustrate me, which also brought me back to why I left the business in the first place. Because I got sick and tired of, I got girls that's in North Carolina do with porn, but they want to get paid for shoots, but they do content trade with these other niggas. Then they come back and complain that the motherfucker keep his dick hard. But you talk to a nigga that can sit there and come, I might come in five minutes, but my dick right the fuck back up. And we done knocked out a 30-minute scene, came back, shot another 30-minute scene, came back, shot another 30-minute scene. You done got three banging-ass scenes. After my cameraman left, we done shot four fucking POVs. Name a goddamn male town that shoot that fucking much in a day. You can't name one. But I get fucking overlooked. Then with the podcasting, I get overlooked again. Trying to interview people. Hard as fuck. Nothing more discouraging, discouraging than when you feel like nobody's on your time being on everybody else's time, but nobody's on your time. So understand this. The reason why I'm venting because I need to get this off my chest any fucking way and why not do it on the podcast before we start talking wrestling. Because at the end of the fucking day, let me say this again. You broads don't respect us fucking male talents. Y'all think we indispensable? You think we don't own shit? You think that that basically you can find any fucking dick on this planet to fuck your dumb ass? No, boo. There's male talents in this business that is great at what the fuck they do and is beast. And you overlook them because they don't live in your area and y'all too fucking broke to come to us any goddamn way. So then you want us to spend all this money to bring your ass. And then when you do come, you give us a half-ass fucking scene. It's bullshit. It is bullshit at the end of fucking day. Like I said before, I'm sick and tired of motherfuckers sitting and saying, well, damn, you know, you need to come this way, you need to come this way. Why do I need to come to you? 
Why can't you come to me for a fucking weekend? You can get some photos. We can do some goddamn podcasting. What the fuck ever. Actually, you got a cameraman and photographer to your damn exposure. How hard is it for you to come to Durham so we can do that? You can easily talk to Billy or talk to some of these other male times who we willing to come to Durham to come fuck your monkey ass. And guess what? Not only would you get content, not only would you get on the podcast, you also might make some fucking money because in between the time that you, in between the time of the shoot and the podcast each day, you can take some goddamn clients and make some fucking money in a new area because you a new girl and they're going to jump on you like white on rice. But no, you motherfuckers don't think like that, do you? No, you don't. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. I'd rather go to Atlanta, even though you don't make no goddamn money in Atlanta, do you? Have y'all bitches go down and get stranded. Every time. It's been happening since 2006. How many times have you seen girls go to Atlanta, they turn around and get fucking stranded, talking about them niggas cheat down there. They cheat, they cheat. But when they finally come to Raleigh Durham, they're ready to come back. You want to know why? Because niggas spend money up here. Facts. Yeah, Atlanta does not have the greatest reputation. And one of my main things uh, to for that is, uh, you know, because... With the Exotica, it's like, okay, they actually had to go to rural Virginia to set up an Exotica, and it's like, yes, and why not? Like, the fact that Atlanta, if all these Exoticas are going to be on the East Coast, the fact that Atlanta, of all places, is being overlooked. Yeah. Well, I think there's a reason. Same thing when girls go on tour, like, there's never, they're never coming to Atlanta. It's Atlanta is, Atlanta is, that's why I always say, I'm not an Atlanta talent. I am a male talent that happens to live in a town in, in Atlanta. Yeah. So for good or bad, whether it's good or bad, I have nothing to do with the Atlanta scene. And I have nothing really to do with anybody in the, you know, in the scene. So, you know, when people come through and they reach out to me, want to work with me, I have to have certain rules in place. Cause I know they're not coming here for me. So I have to be wary, you know, because I just learned rather than complain or let it bother me. It's just like, well, if you flip this switch, then, you know, okay, then I'm not going to bother. And uh, it's something that like Atlanta is a weird vibe and not in a good way. And it's kind of sad because Atlanta is a sucky city. It is, but it it doesn't have to be. That way, and you know, because, like, because the reason why it's sucky is because, and this is the reason why, because I, because I've been there. One, the talents half the time got a fucking ego out their ass, got a got got, got a piece of corn up their ass. They think they hot shit. You ever been out of a fucking Atlanta, but you think you hot shit? Majority of them ain't per, ain't, ain't prepared for shoots half the time. And then, like I said, again, a lot of the girls go to Atlanta because they automatically assume there's money there. But then when they get there and get damn near stranded, y'all want to talk shit, but motherfucker, didn't you do your research and see why girls don't actually make it a point, especially girls that escort, why they don't bring their ass to Atlanta? They'll go to Savannah before they go to Atlanta. Savannah's where the money is in Georgia, bitch. Savannah. Savannah, Georgia. That's where the money is in Georgia. Not Atlanta. I mean, that's I I traveled for 90 percent of my shoots like I'm hopefully I got to I got to talk to her after the show. But uh, hopefully this week I'm supposed to shoot with Abby and then yeah. even if, but if I don't, it's not a big deal. Cause I told her I would come down to Savannah. I've been wanting to. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I like Savannah. 
uh, and then uh, there'll possibly a shoot with this other talent. And again, it's the thing of uh, I just kind of have certain things in place, and I make sure that uh, again, I just prevent myself from uh, from getting aggravated. And if yeah. certain and certain female, t- and again, it's it's a tricky thing with the content trade thing. It's like, look, if you you have the right to say, hey, I I don't want to trade with you. I want to be paid, and that's fine. It just and and she does. She does have that right, absolutely. And I had to write to see the male talent you're filming with that weekend and go, you know what? If you're gonna work with these guys, but you're gonna somehow for whatever reason charge me, how about we just wait until like a producer or company just pays for us both to work together? Cause I'm not gonna pay you. Or even better. Woman, it it woman, guess what? When I am paying, I am not gonna remember you. Because it is there's a there was a female talent that I really want to work with, and recently she posted that uh, she's no longer doing collabs, and it's uh, she quoted her price for companies, and if you want to book her, and honestly, I could see her being worth that money, but she was I wanted her to be part of my Halloween project, and she seemed receptive to the idea, but I haven't heard back from her. When I saw the tweet, I went, you know what? You, obviously, you have all the right, and I don't know again. Like, I don't know what bullshit you've been dealing with, but now I can't use you because I can't afford your rage. And no, let me tell you the reason why girls end up doing thing. that. Out of respect for every, I'm not going to sit there and try to negotiate your rate. It's like, look, that's your rate. Uh, I'm still going to shoot the scene. You know, it's just, hey, look, you know, I just, I had to do it without you because I, I could not. You know, and again, I wasn't going to ask you to make it.
Just a me. I, my finger hit the bottom of the screen. Didn't touch the button, but hit the bottom of the screen. Anchor, really? Really? She has something should be frustrating me, goddammit. But no, nah, but this is what I was trying to say. And then we're gonna move on to fucking wrestling. Talk about something that actually makes us happy. Um the reason why girls decided they want to do content, two reasons. Reason number one, the male talents, y'all dumb heifers be picking. Y'all don't, y'all be picking dudes that you want to fuck. And sometimes that dude ain't a good fuck on camera. He ain't going to make you money with the scenes that you put out. Two, the other thing is because you ain't making money with your content because your dumb ass don't know how to make money with your content. That's the reason why you want paid gigs. Because content is king. They were telling me in 2010, girls, y'all need, don't worry about coming out to Hollywood. There ain't no paid gigs here for your asses. Put out your own. They were saying that back in the early 2000s. Facts. I was getting told this by the top producers from Cavour to goddamn TT Boy to all them. Girls need to worry about getting their own content. They've been saying that for years. The reason why you motherfuckers won't pay gigs is because you can't sell the content that you got and you can't make money with the content you got because you don't know how to package it. You pick the wrong dick to fuck half the goddamn time that ain't going to give you a good fuck on camera or make it look good because you so busy sitting here looking at dudes. Ooh, I want to fuck him because he got a nice dick. But yet, when you go fuck him, he can't keep his dick hard. Or he done done some dumb shit and jerked off thinking that if I jerk off, I last long. No, fucker. You're just going to make you come quicker on the next thing. And your dick ain't even going to get back hard because he's tired because you done jerked it off before you walked your ass on set. Facts. I done seen it happen too many times. That's the reason why a lot of these girls want to do content. Because the simple fact of it is, is that these motherfuckers keep wanting to work with niggas that ain't about business. They want to keep picking dudes that they want to fuck instead of picking dudes that are professional that can actually help them make money with the scene versus I want to deal with these content creators. I want to deal with this dude and that dude, you know, period. It's not about the dick. It's not about how many dicks you fuck, ladies. It's about the right dick that you're fucking. Facts. I mean, there is some truth to that because that's kind of come to my uh, uh, what is what is it? it's kind of come to my attention, you know, uh, because I've heard and I've had it. I've had it happen where I've noticed that certain female talents make sales on the content we make, but they don't push or present me, you know, the way they do other male talents to have maybe more followers or cloud or whatever. And I've actually had female talent bitch and complain about a guy for one reason or another. And then it's like you go on social media and they're making the guy look like he's king of the of the of the and mountain. the nigga won't even tweet the scene that we're in. Because but but you know, because and then you know it's like I gotta pull teeth to get you to shoot with me again, or you don't push or when you do promotion, I never, like, I'm never featured in any of your promotion. You don't really tweet me out. And again, I don't, my following is growing at a mm -hmm. steady pace every, you know, like every day. Like, you know, I, it's, it's a noticeable growing like every week, but I don't have five digit following yet. I, you know, I don't have, 
the resume some of these guys have, but you, but my thing is again, I do. They be treating dudes with less resume better than that. Yeah, no, you get I what I'm coming from. Too. I mean, straight up. But the best advice I get for me, what I do is again, I just it's like, look, I'm not allowed. I'm not going to allow myself to be aggravated by this. So my again, I just put new rules into place, and it's like, look, if you're going to promote this guy. And you're gonna make him look like king of the mountain, and you're gonna keep working with him, and like, cause you know, girls will pull that. Um, oh, I work with you twice. I can't work with you ever again. But they'll keep working. Which with Which is putting- bullshit. Because the yeah. only reason why they say no, the reason why they say that, that's a bunch of bullshit. Y'all motherfucking girls, y'all funny as fuck with them lies y'all pull out. The reason why, because uh, I like fucking him, but uh, 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 I, I I can't fuck him off camera. Um. He ain't lit. He ain't. I'm not attracted to him. And then, bitch, what makes you think we attracted to you like that? I what mean, the fuck make you think? A lot of the girls that I actually picked to work with, it wasn't based off that attractability they had for them. It was okay. They look marketable. Let me explain to you, ladies. Marketable. That means I can make money by fucking you on camera. I mean, that's how I pick the girls. And again, I'm not saying don't. I, I just realized, like, look, you're you create the environment that you that you're in. So, like, if I work with a female talent that I did not enjoy working with, and I probably wouldn't work with her again, and the scene comes out, like, yeah, I'm gonna have a picture or something or a trailer. Go, yeah, I'm, this is the thing. Go buy it or don't buy it. I give a fuck. Whereas yeah. if somebody for me, Abby Rhodes, Princess Havoc, Marie mm-hmm. Daly, uh, Emma Shea. Uh, uh, Missy Brown, um, uh, Danica Denali, uh, Melissa Johnson. These are talent. Uh, uh, but see, I'm gonna tell you, no, but, but see, I'm gonna tell you this, Billy. Billy, you treated plus size Barbie promotional wise no different than you did Abby. You yeah. got women that will sit here and treat you like you're the amateur by promotion, but treat that amateur nigga like he's the king. That's yeah. bullshit. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, okay, Plus Size Princess is a, is a, you know, like I will promote the women I just rattled off, including Plus Size Princess, because yeah. they are amazing talents and they are really good to be on set with and they're go-getters. I actually dropped Princess Havoc and Princess uh, Plus Size Princess's name to a producer even before I got on this platform because I'm like, well, if you're looking for female talent, I know some girls that you may have not know of. By the way, mm-hmm. ladies... Uh, the princess thing it's it's become the lynn of the of of the 80s like enough oh, of the princesses. Yeah, but, um, but anyway but you know it's like but if i there's certain female talents that yes would i work with because it's like a status thing yes because it's a career advancement but i wouldn't promote them or or you know like make them look other than the basic like hey look the scene's out now i'll praise rita daniels and rita daniels is the biggest star i've worked with yet mm-hmm. because she's actually a really awesome person and really personable and very giving as a co-star. So that's like the exception to the rule. But if she was a massive bitch, if she was like an asshole on set, which she was not, but if she was, I go, hey, look, I work with Rita Daniels, and then I would move on. Yeah. And my thing is this. But I mean, I, with the promotion of it, though, you yeah. would still promote the scene no different. Now, you may not go back and shoot with that hoe, well, but you do, would promote her no different than you would the one that you actually had a good Actually, with. I would go a little further for the ones I think are worth it. Like, I would push Princess Dandy over certain talents that I've worked with. And and the thing is, or if I'm in the, if I'm talking, if I wind up chatting up, if I go to Jersey Exotica and I'm in the room 
with a major male talent or a major producer and I'm on the fast track of working with them, I go, you know who's a good female talent? I will drop Princess Dandy's yeah. name. I will drop Abby Rhodes' but see, name. That's but di- I- but see, that's different between promoting yeah. the girl. But we here's the thing. scene that we're doing versus, okay, I am actually, wait, wait, is it? I'm referring her to somebody. It's a difference. My, 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 the point I'm, I'm trying to make is, I don't want to. Now, here's the thing: if you're gonna work with this guy, and you're gonna and you're gonna like work with him pretty frequently, or like within short succession of each, of each shoot, and then make him go online and make him look like the king of kings and this that, and the other thing, don't pull me into the other room and start talking shit about him and saying, "No, oh, he can't keep his stick card. Thank he you. smells." He's Thank you. Like, Thank like, you. Here's the thing: it's like, look, I don't want to hear it because here's the problem. Okay, you chose. Then, or, I've had if I had a dollar for every time a female talent go, I don't understand why he's so popular and then go online and continue add on to the pot. It's like, I could pay for you. I could pay for your travel and your hotel to New Jersey and it still have a little extra over to get lunch. And, and I don't want to have the conflict. I don't want to have the argument, but it's like, I'm not, I just don't want to hear it because here's the deal. The reason why he's so popular, the reason why he keeps getting the things he's getting is because you, you made him do it. Because yes. you are adding to the pile as opposed to – I get why you work with them, and I get why you're going to promote the scene because it's it's good for the career and everything. But you can also take that extra energy. Instead of keep posting pictures and, and bragging on him, if you work with a young guy or a new guy and he's really good and you would like to see him kind of you know move along, you can use your – your brand, your name to help get that guy a little further along. Yeah. But you don't. You promote because it's all about the clout. That's why I don't respect clout chasers, but it's all about the clout. It's all about the thing. And look, the majority of these business are clout chasers. And here's the thing do get, do what you do. Cause I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I wouldn't do that. No, no, no. I totally would work with somebody that, like, you know, uh, oh, I didn't like this person or I didn't do whatever, but it's going to do well. I would do it at least once. And again, I would promote the scene, but I wouldn't go that extra step. And I would promote Princess, uh, plus size princess more than I would her. Because, mm. you know, it, princess, cause I want her to keep going. I want her to keep moving up. Yeah. So like in two years, she's still around. Yeah. But I just, like you're adding to the pile and I don't want to hear the bullshit. It's like Yeah, because it like it like you in, in one in one sense and feel like you just telling me that shit to make me feel better versus you know what I'm saying? And even if it's true that dude can't keep it up hard this damn third. You still tweeting the motherfucker to my some old daddy. I would love to have that dick in my mouth, but you just sit here talking about he can't keep it hard. Make up your fucking mind, bitch. And my thing is Is he terrible or is he good? And do what you do. I just don't want to hear it. And yeah. and the other thing is, you know, I don't, I don't want to hear it. And you know, again, you're the reason why it it keeps getting added to the pile. And you know, it's like, look, I get it, you image, but I'm, I don't know, I just, I'm not going to play that game. And on, and again, I'm a real easy guy. I always said I'm a real easy guy to get rid of so like if i approach you about working together and you're not responding to my messages or you're not giving me like committed answers even to any question i i pick up on the hint and i do you the favor of leaving you the fuck alone and i move on that's the thing i'm always there's like oh hey, hey, that's something I, you. I send you a dm you don't see that dm for damn near three months 
Like yeah. I, had, I had girls like no no this this is recently on podcast shit. Oh, I did, I just seen this DM. Yeah, I'll do the interview. I sent you the DM in fucking December. What the fuck? And tweeted you to see if you was interested. Or worse, I tweet you, you say you hearted, you say let's do it. Then I hit you in the DM and you don't hit me back. Yeah, what I mean why even why even answer my tweet? Why even say let's do it? Then when I go in the DM so we can certify shit, oh, you don't see my DM, but you saw the tweet. And bitch. <laughs> I mean, my thing is, you know, like again, you go in the rear view. There's more people in my rear view than Amen. there is in my, you know, and I just keep moving forward because like I have goals and, you know, and I remember the ones that were there, like, again, like a Melissa Johnson. Yes. Uh, wherever I go, if you work with me, if you're a producer, if you're a like I said, I was very happy that I kind of hooked her up with Blush. That made me so happy because she's an amazing person and she deserves that. And they're great people and they deserve a talent like her. Uh, Rita Daniels. Rita Daniels does not need my help in any way, shape, or form. But if she needs the anything... The fact that she was willing to work with you. You get what I'm coming from? Yeah, she was and, willing and, again, to work very with giving. you. The time, and, her and time, very, yeah, very giving of her time. It's very helpful. Like she made sure that you know, obviously she made sure she looked good on camera, but she also made sure I looked good on camera. And yeah. when that team, when that scene drops and people are messaging me like, "Oh, you're the man," it's like, look, you know, these girls moved, they got into position, and I didn't have to like ask them or or nudge them to do anything. They all jumped in there and they were all in. So Rita could call me tomorrow and say, "Hey, come down to Florida. I need your, I need you for something." Yeah. I would go, and there's other female talents where it's like, uh, maybe if I'm, you know, maybe if I'm in Tampa, I'll take the hour drive to come, whatever. I just remember those who, well, you know, and then there's also other female talents like, you know what, you made it clear you don't want to work with me, and now all of a sudden your attitude has changed, and I can't imagine why because I'm the same guy I was technically eight months ago. Thank you. Thank and the huge thing, I'm willing to work with you. I just would prefer it be either for a company where we're both getting a paycheck or I would prefer you paying me because I'm not interested in doing... Because, it, which go back to my point, biggest pet peeve is when I'm always on your time and you're not on mine. That's part of that. If I hit you up and you basically blew me the fuck off, but then when my ass get fucking hot, now you in my DMs, yeah, I'm gonna feel some type of goddamn way. What because when I want shit, you didn't, you didn't give me the time of day. Now I'm supposed to take time out of my business schedule to shoot your monkey ass. Well, my thing is, it's like, look, if I ever have anything to, if there's anything to benefit off of me, or if, like I said, if I hit a Thor Johnson level or beyond, and I, and yeah. I, and, and like literally, I, I remember a girl saying about working with Thor Johnson, where it's like, you know, to say no would be career suicide. If I get to that level, um, you know, I'd rather use that quote unquote clout for the people that were there when they were no use it for people like, that Abby Rhodes, wasn't Abby there. Rhodes, Abby Rhodes, God bless her. Um, you know, she she took my dick every which way but loose and you know, let me fuck the shit out of her all day. Uh, and there was no you know, real like I can benefit. tell she's a great female talent. I can tell she, she used to work with the whole nine, she ain't a bitch. She don't sit there and come on set acting like she's brand yeah, new. Yeah, but I mean, she 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 went in there and she worked with me and she made the extra effort and she's making you know and all this other stuff. 
when there was nothing there. So like, if I now, if there's something to be gained by seeing on camera or like working with me or going to, mm -hmm. if I get nominated for something and I need a plus one, well then they like Princess Princess Abby Rhodes, you know, Princess Havoc should benefit off any kind of rub I can give or like, yeah. oh, you were on camera. And that's with crazy. Girls act like they can't give a dude a rub because that's what I ran into also when I was talented. Girls wouldn't give me the rub. Even though I made you money, blew you up, got your ass nominated, how hard is it for you to tweet? I mean, my thing is, if I... The gave me the rub, honestly, was Tanya Sue. Shouts out to BBW Tanya Sue. I wish you never left the business. Shorty I... used to tell people, used to tweet, yo, y'all missing out not working with Bob. Big country. Great photographer, great male talent, great atmosphere, this, that, and the third. I couldn't get that for any of the other chicks. If I, I mean, like, you know, again, if Blush... When oh, I and Princess Blush, Gemini, I'm sorry. I, Princess Gemini shot me out. Now, mind you, that's two girls out of damn near three, 200 and somebody I done shot within a 15-year that couldn't give me the rub. But I give y'all rubs like, like, God damn it, like, like I'm putting rub on a goddamn motherfucking uh, uh, piece of a uh, uh, a slab of fucking ribs. I mean, you know, for me, if I if I work for Blush, when I work for Blush again, or if I should happen to work for, mm -hmm. if, I think take take sake of argument, if I get in with Team Skeet or Blaze Studios, if I get to the, you know, if I have the option and they say, hey, do you know anybody? That you could, you know, blah blah blah. That'd be interested in work. I'm gonna drop. Yeah. I'm gonna drop Abby's name. I'm gonna drop plus size princess's name uh, or princess dandy. I'm gonna drop if Blush asks me, like, you know what? I would love to work with Abby. I think you would like Abby. Um, you know, and so on. So, because that's the thing. It's like, look, they were. I get it. You're coming up. You're popular and everything. And it would behoove me career wise to drop your name, but. I got to where I am, where I got a guy like cinematographer asking me, hey, we're going to be in Tampa. We want you to come down. Do you know any female talent that we yeah. could do a scene with? I would go, hey, I'll drive down and I'll swing by on my way down and I'll grab Abby. I think you would love her. She's got a million dollar look. So it's like for me, I remember who was there when there was no reason to be there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm going to, again, it behooves me. Career-wise, it maybe drop a more popular name, but it's like, no, 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 let me go grab Abby because Abby was there from the beginning, mm -hmm. and that's kind of how I work. So, you know, and again, yeah, I don't you think the people that gave it to you. You're going to get the opportunity when people gave it to you. And See, the thing, and, well, no, no, it just, and, and the thing is, it's like, look, as long, if you want to come back around because now it, you deem me worth your, your, uh, your time and effort, so be it. That's the way of the world. That is business. But here's the thing that the dynamic has changed. So it's like, look, I'm giving I'm working with new people and I'm number one, I come first and I'm doing what's best for me. Plus, I'm working with newer people and I'm keep, and I'm keeping people like Marie Daly and Princess Dandy and Abby Rhodes and Melissa Johnson with me. So they come first and, you know, so on. So like when I get around to it or if a company go, I, I'll tell them like, hey, go. Uh, if you work for this company or whatever, when they ask you what male talent, like request me, but like, I'm not going to, to just collab with you because it's like, well, you made it, you know, I got to show up and work with you all day and you, and you don't really want to be there. You're just there because you're going to get some kind of rub off it. It kind of just makes it, it makes, makes it, it less, it makes it less fun. Makes it disingenuous. 
it makes it yeah it makes it kind of a harder day to get through and it's like look um i would prefer a paycheck and um yeah it's like i don't necessarily want to because you already made it clear and you're being very obvious about it so i didn't take offense you didn't want to work with me but now did you think i'm going to jump at the chance and and kiss your feet that's not going to happen and if no. you want to get bent you know you could either be professional about it back and we can work out some kind of deal cool but if you're I haven't had the experience yet, but if you're going to come at me like you're offended, well, then, uh, okay, I still don't care. I'm going to keep moving. You know, I mean, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, look, you want you to do what you got to do for your brand. I just don't want to hear it. Don't don't shit talk this guy. Don't drag me to a room and shit talk this guy. And then like a week later, you're online making him seem like a king. And I can't and like you never promote our shit, but I, I see the little thing, the little notices like our scene is selling pretty decently. It's like, but I don't you hear won't it. even tweet the fucking trailer. I like, I don't, I don't even like, I don't want to hear it because I get it. Look, but hold, but hold, but hold, 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 Billy. But these same chicks are the first ones to complain when that male talent who you made a king won't retweet your shit, won't promote your shit. But yet, you sit here and bitch and moan dudes like me and Billy. But then, soon as you get around him, oh, daddy, I want to fuck you. I need my dick, need that dick in me. You know, it's, it, it, you know, so we got to move on anyway. And I'm, I'm just going to sum it up like this real quick. Then we're going to move on to the pro wrestling smoke side of the, uh, the podcast because we're done with the ranting side. Because we done did that for about an hour and almost a half. <laughs> I'm going to sum it up like this. Treat everybody the same promotional wise i get if you and dude didn't work out during the scene okay you don't have to work with him again but still give him the same push and promotion that you give the motherfucker that you picked and that you enjoyed the dick you want to know why because that same dude even though y'all might not had a good time on set he might name drop you and make you fucking money I mean, I'm a name dropper. Like, again, I only met, I met uh, Ed Mache only for really for a very brief period of time, but we worked so well together and we had such a nice conversation. I was in, I literally standing next to a major male talent and we were talking about my day and she came up and I, and he's like, oh, I know about her. She's on my radar. And I went, basically talked her up, made her look, sound like she could walk on water. And I went back and told her because it's like, you know, and she, yeah, we want to work together again, but it was like, oh, I just had a really good experience with her. I'm standing next to this guy who I wish I can be one day when I grow up, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> why not? And it's like, yeah, by the way, dude, I work with her already. She would love working with you and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I made sure that and I have a way I drove home in a very condensed uh, paragraph. Like, yeah, you need to book this chick. And she has a million dollar look. She's all natural, and and uh, you know the scene was so quick and easy to shoot that I actually had to go back and watch the footage because you know it just happened like literally we said oh, we're going to shoot 15 minutes and I think we shot 17, 16, like we were that exact on the money because it just went you know that smoothly. So I mean it's. Um, I'm a name dropper because people have done it for me. So I'm, it's very important to me to kind of do it for other people. But again, it's just, look, if you do what you're going to do, but 
you know, have a little brains because, again, I don't want to hear you. Again, perfect example, Sarah J. Sarah J has been on the dream list of women I could work with one day if I ever get up to that level or even if she'll remember. I'd be excited if she remembered my name after meeting me once. But if she was a misery to work with, I was like, yes, I would work with her. And yes, I'm going to promote the scene. But like, would I ever work with her again? Or would I ever promote her as hard or or gush over her in public Mm -hmm. as much as I would like an Emma Shea? Mm -hmm. No, no. And uh, unless I was getting money in hand, I would never work with Sarah J again because he was just a misery. And she's already intimidating. So on top of the fact that I don't like her, you know, it's um, and this is all hypothetical. Please, Sarah, call me. Um, Yes. Uh, my, my number is five five five. You don't give a fuck. Just you know, punch it in and, <laughs> and call me. Um, you know, it's it's five five five. Who the fuck are you? Um, but um, yeah, no, that's the thing. And it's like you know, and again, that's a career maker right there. But I wouldn't. I would never pull you aside or or grab Melissa or any any anybody and pull them in another room. And go, oh, Sarah J is a miserable. Fuck. It's like I chose to fucking work with her. I'm promoting the goddamn scene. You know, it's and again, if some if a company called and said, "Hey, we want you to work with Sarah again," well, yeah, because now I was, I'll go work for for a paycheck because my rate went up because I got seen on camera with her. I mean, I just mentally prepared myself, but I would never pull her aside or anybody aside and go, "She's a fucking miserable bitch," and she does this, and she's so fucking difficult. That I would just keep the shit to myself. Yeah, you know, like Megan Fox. I know that stupid bitch's name. Because of, uh, what's his name, the Transformers director, and she's running around yeah. like she's Meryl Streep talking shit about the dude. It's like, bitch, you have, like, resting blowjob face. That's the only reason why you're famous. So, like, and this is the only gig where you matter. Why the fuck are you literally talking shit about the one dude? And he did the greatest thing ever, which it made me laugh. It's, like, kind of one of the reasons why I respect him. He went, all right, you're fired. And stuck to his guns on it. And that was yeah. it. And I was like, that is awesome. That is, that is, because that is definitely a pretty woman that's never been told something she didn't want to hear. Like, every dude is obviously bowed down to her. And he just went, all right, fuck you. You know, you're off the billion dollar franchise, you know? I mean, so, so, yeah. So now we're done with the ranting part of this podcast. Now on to the pro wrestling smoke side of the podcast, which I've been waiting to hear, which I'm pretty sure y'all enjoy the rant side of things, but y'all really want to hear about this, our thoughts on pro wrestling. So with that being said, how do we always start the pro wrestling smoke side of the podcast? Simple. We start with the sultry wording and voice of one of the greatest commentary legends of our time. In my opinion, the one of the greatest commentators of all time and in my generation. I'm talking about Gordon Soley. So welcome to the Gordon Soley Poetry Corner. Welcome, friends, to another edition of Gordon Soley's Poetry Corner. I'm gonna get right to it because I have a, I have a uh, old lady waiting in the room and she's and she's charging by the quarter hour. <clears throat> uh, and to, to this, it's called "To Henry's Pond." In success, there is deep mockery. 
the frustration of too much, the still specter of failure, the incomprehensible design of disaster. Is there a measure to be sure Walden's pond? And basically the point of that, folks, is success is achieved and achievement takes effort and time and it takes motion. You got to move forward. You got to keep going and don't let the bullshit slow you down. It's almost like when they say they're not going to serve you anymore. Don't take that shit. You go to the next bar and you start all over again because they're not the boss of you. And that's my little corner. Like I said, she's already, Christ, I already paid for a half hour and I haven't even done a goddamn thing. Uh, uh, Bobby, back to you. Go ahead and get that pussy, Mr. Soli. <laughs> oh, I will back. Crimson Mass is going to stop me, but she doesn't know Gordon fucking get wet Soli. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> See, this is why I love podcasting, people, because you get to vent and you get your day brightened by some of the craziest shit that might come out of people's mouths. Love me some Gordon Soli. I swear I do, man. And speaking about crazy shit that come out of people's mouths, I want to begin with the midget known as Jonathan Gresham. Now, Jonathan Gresham is funny as fuck. He threw such a temper tantrum, right? About him being used in AEW, right? I'm quitting. I'm done. I'm I'm out. Fuck you, Tony Khan. I don't like the way you're treating me. But then you go wrestle at Ric Flair's last match when a chance to go back over to England to wrestle for the Progress heavyweight title. I hope and pray that my man, Chris Ridgeway, kicks you dead in your fucking head for real. Because at the end of the day, I'm just going to say this and rant. I am sorry, Mr. Short Muscle Man. You're not over. You have never been over. In- you there, buddy? I mean, Perry. I, think, I, I think I think he could get over, but again, it's a difference. Where we talked he, about this, we talked about this before, where it's a it's an environment where you know you want to keep moving forward. Like I would like to at least shoot a scene for Brazzers one day. Yeah, and I heard Connor Cox talk about he spent ten hours on set, so I can only imagine. I'm like, okay, obviously he wasn't working the entire, the cameras weren't rolling the entire ten hours, but that's no. a long fucking day with a lot of production. Yeah. So it's like it reminded me there's a lot of muscle memory I have to develop, and there's definitely things I there's still hurdles. It's a different thing for for ladies to get to a Brazzers contract, but mm-hmm. for the dudes, they realize like, oh, there's like you know, fucking Connor is on a whole another level, and you know, and when being on the indie circuit and just coming out and having a match and you know mm-hmm. whatever, it's a, now you want to be on the mainstream, you want to be on TV where promos are a huge part, and you know what, 
the the thing with the size. He's not even the best promo in his house. What? His wife does a better promo than him. Well, that's the thing. And she's dry as fuck on the mic. Well, the thing with the the promo, it's like, look, again, I already said what I would do with him if uh, if he were in my company. I would make him the secondary champion, pure wrestling, intercontinental, whatever you want to call the belt. Um, I'm going to call it. What do you want from me, belt? And then. Um, <laughs> I would, I would literally sit him down and I go, look, this is a different game. You have to evolve. And I see everybody's telling me you're too short. You're this, that, and the other thing. You're not over. I can get you over. I'm going to make you my Ole Anderson. I want you to be grumpy. I want you to fucking, I want you to go out there and be a heel that out wrestles every dude. I want you to pick a body part. I want you to work it to death. And I'm going to get you a manager and a mouthpiece. And I'm going to make you one of the like most hated, like one of my top, guys and occasionally my champion but i'm gonna make you like my Ole anderson and you could say whatever you want about Ole anderson but in tag teams and in singles the dude drew for he fucking drew money. for like 20 but see, but see you know what but we all know why so people can understand we never seen go back and look at Ole anderson's fucking promo the nigga could talk he could talk motherfuckers in the building you believed his promo. You believe he was a badass. I can't believe John McGrath is a badass. Well, that's the thing, though. You 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 get you get him a guy who could do the promo, and you have Grisham go out there and and do what he knows how to do. And again, you change his style. Like, look, I want you to be vicious. Oli had like catch wrestling. Now, for those of you who don't know, quick history lesson: catch wrestling precedes judo, yes. and it's a form of submission wrestling. Now, the difference between and I know some catch wrestling. And I also have so trading in jiu-jitsu and judo. The main difference between catch wrestling and judo and jiu-jitsu is this. In judo and jiu-jitsu, they teach you to bring your opponent down, to control them, to minimize damage to you and to them. In proper jiu-jitsu or judo, you are not supposed to break or dislocate anything unless mm-hmm. they leave you no option. So the whole point of judo is I'm using your momentum against you, and I'm bringing you down and I'm, and I'm with as safely as I can, and I'm protecting myself. In jiu-jitsu, I'm going to keep it tight and bring you down and, and curl around you like a snake and put you in a chokehold and put you to sleep and get up and walk away. What catch wrestling is, I have your arm. Now I'm going to break it. It's, you know, like, oh, I have your fingers and now I'm going to twist it. I, you know, like in judo or jujitsu, when a guy turtles up, they teach you how to eventually snake your way in and wear the guy down and get your hooks in and get the arm in. And they teach you how to place your thumb a certain way. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. In, in, in catch wrestling, and you saw uh, that guy from, uh, you know, that, that beat McGregor. And his name is very complicated. They call him the Hawk. He did mm-hmm. a very simple thing in, in, in catch wrestling. Take the point of your elbow, bury it in his spine or in his, to his shoulder blade. And when he pops his head up in agony, you cross face him, not against the mouth mm-hmm. or the throat. And you just deliberately try to catch his ear and his nose and you crank his neck and you lock hands and you keep that elbow in his spine. And you just like a little crank, just keep, it's not a choke. It's a fucking neck crank, and it's basically designed to cause pain, to break his nose, to cauliflower his ear, possibly break mm-hmm. his neck, and basically make him pass out from pain. Catch wrestling is just fucking vicious. That's where the majority of the leg locks that you see in jiu-jitsu come from, yeah. because yeah. it's about joint manipulation. I would make him that I want you to be the most vicious fucking you know, catch wrestler. Work on your promos, but until then, like I'm going to give you a mouthpiece. 
because Ole Anderson, the Anderson brothers, the reason why they were unique as a tag team and the reason why Ole was so unique as a singles heel is he didn't really cheat. They 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 got heat and they cheated by out wrestling their opponent yeah. and just being like hard asses. And they still did all the stuff that a heel's supposed to do, but they would just go out there and just dominate, work on a body part. That's why they were called the Minnesota Record Crew. And Ole Anderson, for all his faults, for twenty years made his money basically going from Georgia no further than West Virginia. Like he would Carolinas, Georgia, Georgia, Carolinas. And he made more money, you know, between booking and being a headliner. He never had to go anywhere. He didn't have to travel the world and go to Florida and go to New York and go to whatever. He, he, he was so hated. Like that's what I would make Jonathan Grisham. I think Jonathan Grisham has fallen prey to the thing that I always, I personally, as a performer, have always been wary of, and I am wary of, when people, when you've talked me up, and you brag on me when we're in private conversation, and when I see my my following literally, like, jump hundreds of people every week, and it's slowly at a steady pace, you know, and so on, I'm very careful not to get caught up in the cult of personality. I think John mm-hmm. got caught up in the cult of personality, he was working, all the hip, working all the cool hip companies, winning all the cool hip tournaments, being one of the guys, you know, like, again, like one of the cool indie guys. And now you're in a different environment. And unfortunately, and it sucks and it's dumb as fuck. But, yeah, you're 5'4". And and the and being on a major scale show like that, it does become noticeable. You, yes. You, it, you have to change. Like a lot of what these indie guys aren't getting with the WWE and AEW is, and, the, and to a degree, impact. If you want to be on a bigger stage, you have to evolve. Bruce Springsteen evolved. By the time he got to Born in the USA, that's a totally different Springsteen. When he got to the doing the uh, the Philadelphia soundtrack and everything else, yeah. you know, he became something else. Like, the more you advance, you're going to have to become something else. I'm pushing yeah. myself. I want to keep going forward in the porn industry. The Billy Pilgrim you know now is going to have to continue to change and evolve in order to go, yeah. hey, I work for reality. And I think that's the problem with Jonathan Gresson is that he don't want to evolve. And he's smelling his own shit. Because it, it, this is what people understand. United States do not respect shooters like that. Maybe on the indies, not in the main companies. They want people that can talk as well as wrestle. More so talk than wrestle, if you want to be honest. He's getting his shit because he didn't win over the progress. Because he didn't win the 14 carries. Guess what? A lot of them motherfuckers, let's be honest, how many of them motherfuckers other than Walter and Axel and, and Thatcher actually made it to the WWE? None! You want to know why? Because they got to talk. And, and here's the thing. Uh, Walter is an exception to the rule. Thatcher has been around, but it took him forever, and he had a very limited, he wasn't used properly, and for the guy like mm-hmm. Thatcher, and again, like you said, the shooter thing, um, like Regal, is a legitimate regal is unique and he's still so young and it's a shame he's had the health issues because i don't think mm-hmm. i think he really could have had a run as because he got he despite all his he health good. issues well he's despite good. despite all his health issues he actually looked younger as he got older so yeah. it kind of sucks i think he could have had a, a good a decent run at a time in the wwe as a world champion at least a run but the thing mm-hmm. with regal regal was always entertaining and he worked a gimmick and it but at the same time regal is the last living wrestler to start from the carnival level 
and literally go through the whole gambit of yeah. the, the WWE. He's the last living guy to do that. And the other thing is, he is a legitimate fucking badass. He is a legitimate yeah. catch wrestler. He will fuck you up. Him, Dave Taylor, I just love Finley, watching him and Finley have a match. That shit was physical, yo. I'm going to tell you right now, Finley, damn. I, I don't give a fuck if you got a black belt in judo. I don't give a fuck if you got a black belt in jiu-jitsu. I don't care if you're like an elite grappler. If you get into a ring or get on a mat with Finley, with Dave Taylor, with William Regal, they will they will give you a run for your money and quite possibly catch you and stretch your ass because yeah. they are legitimate. Fu- but the thing was, with all those guys, they also had a gimmick and they knew when to do the job and so on and so forth. I mean, mm-hmm. Regal just, I mean, Regal, I mean, again, had he not had his personal issues and then with his health issues, I think could have had a much bigger run in the U.S. than he had because I think he undercut Because himself. even like, for example, I use Progress for example. The promos, Gresham didn't do any promos in Progress. It was the opponent that he was going against that did the promos. That should tell you a lot. That should tell you a lot how much they did not believe in his promo skills. And he's the champ. That you didn't even allow this nigga to do, you didn't even allow this dude to do a promo. It was the guy he was going against that was talking in the building, not him. Swerve Strickland did a promo for Progress, saying he was coming. Uh, Nick Wayne, he was just recently on the Progress show. He did a promo. John Grassley didn't do now fucking promo, nor video. It was the guy he had to go against that did the promo work. So that tells you something. That means, dude, even in England, progress sees that you ain't, you can't talk nobody into the BM building. And again, it's you just got to know what is your, what it, you know, what is your strength. And again, you don't always have to do the same promo. And again, it's one of those things. If you work on it, you, like Rip Baker is a prime example of that. Like you can yeah. work on doing a promo, and you know. Um, it's and you think about it like one of the things you know. Uh, I mean, like I, if I was ever, I if I ever was a wrestler, I honestly would prefer to be a heel, and I would, yeah. be, I, I would honestly be an old. And that's the other part. You didn't want to be a heel. You ain't even being cheered, nigga. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's a thing of um, honestly, I think it just. But yeah, look, again, you have to adapt and you have to do some stuff that you don't want to do in order to get to where you want because, you know, you have to be able to make – that's the thing in any show business. Any form of show business doesn't doesn't matter. You got you to gotta show people that you can make them money, but then you get more power to do the thing that you want. I mean, Stone Cold, I was a Steve Austin fan from his rookie year, and he was always a good wrestler. Yeah. It wasn't until he got to the Stone Cold era that when he got to kind of do whatever he wanted and say or do whatever he wanted. And he again, mm-hmm. he was never he was never a super hot promo when he was stunning Steve, but he managed well, but cold. he evolved oh, and he, you know, and, and you know, it's and again, I would be a very menacing I would probably be like an Ole Anderson, Arn Anderson type of heel where I'd be very menacing mm-hmm. and I would kind of be very like I'm not gonna yell. I'm gonna look you dead in the eye, and I'm gonna say this to you, and this, that, and the other thing. And I'd be very dastardly, and I mm-hmm. would only, and I would wait for the right moment for the right opponent to be the back off, the beg, to be on my hands and knees, going, "Whoa, whoa, wait a minute," because Oli was, a, and again, legitimate, like 
you know, it was advantage. But he, but he, but if you go back and watch his matches, even when he begged off, but he never really begged off huge, mm-hmm. unless it was a legitimate opponent and it was for a big payoff. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like, look, John. I, and I would tell I, again if I was working for AEW, I'd sit him down and go, "Look, dude, I don't. If you want to be released, I'll release you today. But I don't want you to go. And this is the plan I have for you. And I know what you think you want to do or whatever. But this is the reality. And if you do, if you're patient with me, and you do what I'm asking you to do, you are going to be one of my top guys, which is the basically the end goal for any wrestler, fan favorite yeah. or not. You want to be a top guy. Yeah, you're going to be figured in. And then eventually, yeah, you might you might become a babyface, but then again, people just might want to see you be a right. heel forever. Yeah, good. the perfect example. Randy Orton is the perfect example of this. Look how long before Randy became a face. Yeah, Look he how long. he's not a good face. Even when he was with Evolution and then they became... He was a face for a short period of time. And then he went right back here. You know what I'm saying? Randy showed the world I'm a badass as a heel. And then eventually, guess what ended up happening? Just like Rick, because Rick was always a heel for the most part. It's just he was so cool as a heel, we couldn't help but to cheer the motherfucker after a while. Same thing with the horsemen. Same thing with Telly Blanchard after a while. And on. You feel me? So it's kind of like it's it's about Sometimes I got to bide my time to get to where I want to be. Motherfuckers don't want to bide their time because I was hot on the Indies because I'm on Terminus and I run my own wrestling promotion because I won the, the, the Carrot 16. No one gives a shit about the Carrot 16 but the motherfuckers in Europe. I wish a motherfucker, it's just like what Jim Cornette said. Motherfucker said, yeah, I wrestle over Japan. Everybody goes to Japan, motherfucker. That don't mean that that's, that's big. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah, I mean, and again, it, you know what? And if you're going to, if you want to, if you're happy wrestling on the indie circuit and, and the international circuit, uh, or eventually or eventually getting signed to Impact, that's fine. But look, you're going to suffer the same fate that a lot of, because again, Tony Khan gets a lot of shit. And, and a lot of times it is deserved because, mm. you know, look, Nobody's perfect. You, you got to learn to take criticism. But some of the shit he gets shit for is well deserved. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it's easy to blame this kind of socially awkward guy for everything. And I'm going to tell you right now, um, with a lot of the people that initially started AEW that fell by the wayside and eventually got released, it's like you guys. It made sense to steal to steal term from the drag queens of the world. You didn't step your yeah. pussy up. You didn't. You didn't realize. You didn't realize that get what you know. You didn't get in better shape. You didn't change the ring gear. You didn't take your gimmick and make it more palatable for a wider audience. You mm-hmm. didn't want to step outside your you know your own uh, little thing and because so on. And I'm gonna tell you, it's like we, we we me and you talked about Orange Cassidy. Guess what? We haven't never heard Orange Cassidy complaining about his position. You want to know why he don't complain? Because he understands his goddamn position ain't lazy. He understands that shit. He understands I will never, ever be the top guy in this promotion. I will never, ever be world champion. I will never be the top draw. I'm good where I'm at. He's casting those checks. And, he's, and, he's, and again, you know, he's lucky in that 
the gimmick kind of lends itself to a, a wider audience. But like a lot of guys, and again, you know, you have Dustin Rhodes there. You yes. have these guys that are willing to like, you know, come out on their own time and like do drills in the ring. At the time, Cody had a school you could go to in, in Atlanta. It's not far from Jacksonville. And again, you like the same thing when I was doing comedy, like these indie guys who would just kind of do these not really funny act, but it was funny in a room full of 50 would get mad at guys that were getting one hours on HBO or Comedy Central. And it's like, look, if you want to do that, you're going to have to, you know, learn to do other things. You're going to have to expand to, you know, make it more palatable to get up to that audience. Yeah. And a lot of these indie guys that got signed because they were friends with Kenny or the Bucks or whoever, and they were like, they were really big stars or, or like they were cute act in a ro- small room in Pasadena, California of like 100 mm-hmm. people. It doesn't fly. You have to evolve. Do I think if Razzers called me tomorrow and said, we want you to come out to LA and be on set, could I do a 10 hour day on set? I don't know. And I'm not even going to be, I'm not, I'm going to be 100% honest. If Razzers called me tomorrow, I would be, very perplexed of like, should I say yes or should I say no? Because it could go either one or two ways, either really well or really bad because mm. it's a different level. It's a different yes. thing. And yes. and I'm always like the reason why I got, I've learned, I like, you know, shooting the virtual reality. It's something different. It's another thing in the game. Plus you got to stay hard in an awkward situation. You got to learn to control and do all this other stuff. Like I like hey. And I'm going to tell you what's even crazy. Then we, I'm going to let you finish up. I say this, and then we're going to move on to more about the last match of Ric Flair. Grissom was on Impact. Impact signed, motherfuckers. He didn't get signed to Impact. His wife worked there. What do that tell you? I don't know. I mean, that's you know, I, think, I think the thing that's he, hurt. he got signed to them. Heath. I think, Red, I, think Ed, I got I got kids. I think that uh, I think I really hope this is not the case. But you know, I mean, this this whole thing with showing off the ranking—if that's true—the PW five hundred and this that, and the other yeah. thing—a bad attitude or being a complainer or like difficult to deal with is a a really quick way to, for things to, doors to slam in your face. Tessa Blanchard. Yeah. It's one of the best female wrestlers, but like she's persona non grata because just everywhere she goes, there's always something. She pissed somebody it, off, <laughs> and it's becoming a thing, and and it's a crime as far as in ring. As far she as got fired in, from Wow. To, to, it's to, not even real promotion. <laughs> to be like for for in ring competition, the fact that she's not a part of WWE or AEW, it's you know, or even impact. It's like, okay, this is a major ring general. This is like a really good female talent. And this is somebody who could be an expert heel that we can kind of make the cornerstone of our women's division. And she's nowhere yes. to be found because difficult, uh, whatever. There's always a story. It's always Smell something, it. whether it's, whether it's true or not, it's always something. And it's like, man, that eventually takes a toll. Part of the reason why, and I, again, I told you, I'm not the best looking guy. I'm not tall. I don't have the best body, and the sure as shit, my dick is not the biggest considering the industry we're in. But I can perform. I'm on time. I'm easy to work with. I'm I'm like chatty and happy on set. I'm willing if I'm uncomfortable or unhappy with something, or if I'm tired, I don't complain and I muscle through, and they get the shot they need. 
that is why I'm getting more popular and getting more opportunities and working and so on and so forth. That is the main reason, you know, like, Oh, he's really easy to work with. You don't have, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's reliable. He shows up, he does the fucking thing. You only have to tell him once. Like that is like the uh, thing in my mind that's, you know, really, and I make the girls feel happy and safe. That is the thing. If, you know, like Rick Zilla, you know, if Rick Zilla was a dick and an asshole and smelled and was always late and everything, eventually that fucking, you know, that goddamn um, uh, Leviathan that he has between his legs wouldn't matter anymore. And yeah. it's like, dude, it's, it's what I could get done in, 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 a, in a day equals what it takes two days to get you to do something. I don't want to fucking deal with you anymore. So, you know, your attitude and how you're able to work with and how you roll with the punches it, it comes into it a lot. And I think John is kind of doing himself a disservice because I he, I am of the camp. I am of the camp. One, but I, that's a conversation for another day. I think he could be a major star. I think he could be a big benefit to an interesting thing. He's just got to be presented in the right way. And yes. yeah, I'm sorry. Your height's always going to be a factor. But if you're going to add on being a pain in the ass and having an ego and being a pouty face and all this other shit, well, then go home. Go home. Mm-hmm. I hate to break the news to you, but if I'm working with Richard Mann every time, if I do 100 movies with Richard Mann, guess who's going to be the fucking star and the main attraction in all 100 movies? Richard motherfucking fucking Mann. Okay? And that's just the way it is. I can carve out my own niche and develop my own fan base from that. But at the end of the day, motherfucker, name at the top, face on the cover. Richard motherfucking Mann. That's it. There you go. So, with that being said, now we're going to move on to the other part of this discussion about the last match of Ric Flair. It's the last match of fucking Ric Flair. And, whew, I don't know what to say about this. <laughs> I think I it was smart to make it a tag match, and I think he was very yes, smart. Bro. I think it was very smart that he got a lot of people, like the people he had, he had his brother-in-law, or not brother-in-law, fucking... Uh, South, forgive me. Um, he had his son-in-law, and then he had Jeff Jarrett, who is like, regardless of what anybody thinks of him, never heard anybody getting injured by Jeff Jarrett, and Jeff Jarrett never really missed a day's work from being injured. And then you had Jay Lethal again. I would I would trust my body with Jay Lethal in a match, just because I think he's that good that he can make me look like, oh my God, Billy has a chance of beating uh, Jay Lethal in a match. So I think he surrounded himself with the rights. Mm-hmm. The right amount of people, you know, in, in the town that he was over in, you know, under the Crockett name. And 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 the lead up, especially the angle that they did with Jeff Jarrett and them, that was pretty good. But everybody was talking about the match. And, and we and now I haven't seen the match. Um I've seen I saw little, clips. Yeah, I saw clips of it too. And here's the thing I want to say to people. What the fuck did y'all expect? I mean, really, everybody like, oh my god, I can't believe I thought he was gonna die. And uh, da, 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 da. this motherfucker ain't Terry Funk. <laughs> He's not Ricky Morton. <laughs> this is Rick. What two years removed from heart attack? And but, yeah, I mean, you know, he and, he... and, and you should have known when he came out. When have we ever seen Rick cover up his chest? Ever. He came out in a straight up goddamn long sleeve jacket, and 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 like I said before, he's seventy something years old. 
He, it wasn't going to be that great of a match. It won't going to be a five-star match. Trust me on that. So y'all act like y'all was expecting Rick from 1985. This is Rick 2022. What the hell did y'all expect? Well, I, it won't going to be that great of a match. Trust I, me. I've heard positive reviews on the match because exactly because I think Rick, you know, did exactly. You know, I'm sure Rick, if he had, if he, if he could have, would have had an hour Broadway with Ricky Steamboat. But it's like, look, and again, for 70 years old, especially after the life he's lead and the recent medical problems. He, you know, looks really great for a 70-year-old, but I don't yeah. care unless unless you had the weird human growth hormone stem cell shots that you that like Stallone gets. Or, or you, you Mike Johnson. He you shots know, out to him. One 70-year-old dude that can still go, goddamn. He can still go. Yeah, I mean, it's a thing of uh look, if you take I would have I would have had a a fitted shirt made uh to match this outfit. Because mm-hmm. I didn't expect him to go out there as vain as he is. Because, again, even if he was in great shape, even if he took another year and just trained nonstop for another year, dude, you're 70. You could be a yeah. great in-shape thing, but you're 70, and, and obviously he kind of wanted to hide that fact a little bit. Yeah. Um, I would have went with a fitted T-shirt or, or you know. Yeah, some of that nature. Not, you know, not, not honestly, like he had on a goddamn uh, uh, a hoodie jacket. <laughs> Yeah, and and you know, again, he surrounded himself with the right set of workers, and uh, you know, he bled, and then you know, he took some bumps, and he and he didn't try to do anything more than what he normally did. But again, he he hadn't been wrestling for a number of years. He had the health scare, uh, and, and, then, and he was coming in with an energy, a foot injury anyway. And you know, and this is what it was. It was him just having one last hurrah. And him just doing it, just you know, because uh, and I think it was a thing for him because mm-hmm. I, 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 look, I'm the same way. I don't get sick if something's injured. I just know how to like, okay, my something in my back is bothering me. I'm not going to work out for like the next week or so, and I'm going to do this. And I, you know, I've been very lucky in my life not to get major injuries. This is a guy who's always been healthy, who's who's basically been able to do whatever he wants, and he never gets sick and so on. He has a massive health scare. He is getting older, you know, so on and so forth, facing his own mortality. And this is the guy who lived every waking inch of his life. Like, if there's anybody on Earth, good or bad, who's ever gotten the most out of life, I don't give a fuck who you are. Ric Flair has gotten more out of his 73 years than any other person ever alive to the point, I mean, like, every waking moment. But again, you're getting older, you're, you know what I mean, any day now, we're going to hear the news about Terry Funk or Ric Flair or Bill Dundee. You know, these guys are getting older. And I think Rick just wanted to have one last thing in the ring. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and here's the thing. He's Ric Flair. He can't – Terry Funk just never stopped. And Terry Funk made yeah. himself an attraction. Uh, and I'm sure if Terry were still kind of able – and, uh, you know, he probably still would go into the ring. But – with Rick, I don't think he could kind of like even if he was able to still wrestle occasionally like one or two, three matches a year, I, I don't think it would fit him in the way that Ric Flair has always presented himself. So this was kind of like his last little moment. And uh, you know, and again, you would again a great shape for a seventy some year old. And again, still genetic freak to come back from all that, but it wasn't uh it was never gonna be a five star match. He wasn't gonna bust out a uh a moonsault. He wasn't going to 
going out of Broadway. It was smart to make it a tag, you know, and like, fuck it, let him win. You know, I mean, he, in his real retirement match, he did the honors and went and, you know, and got beat, but it's like, you paid to see Ric Flair wrestle one last time. That was the bill. And the fact that they made any effort on the other card, you know, says a lot of the promoter Crockett, because I mean, basically the whole thing that sold it was watching Ric Flair wrestle. And I saw a few clips and it looked passable. Like Ric Flair basically wrestled like an in shape 70 year old. You know, he mm-hmm. took a lot of, he took bumps, he took beatings. And when he, you know, when he, when he got offense, he got offense in a believable way. And I think, you know, it's actually a great lesson. If you're going to want to be a wrestler, like here's a guy who's 73 and he got in the ring. And for what it was, everything he did was believable and it made sense because he knew what to do and when and how to do it. Uh, and you saw the training videos with, with Jay Lethal. Yeah, he, he, he was. And here's the thing. The training videos with Jay Lethal, he could still kind of do, he probably could have done a lot more in the match. But he knew, like, look, I'm fucking 73. You know, this, that, and the other thing. It's like, this is how 73-year-old Ric Flair would win a match. This is what he would do. To, to coin the old phrase, I'm breaking the eyes, not because I have to, it's because I want to. So, like, it's, I thought, I thought, you know, hey, look, here's a master class in psychology and how to work within your limits. And he, and he managed not to get hurt, which, again, genetic freak, because there's guys, I mean, more than half his age that only wrestle once a week and then do one stupid fucking move and then they're, they're out for a year. <laughs> and, Rick, and I guarantee you, probably. I, I, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on record and saying it. I think if Rick, if you went to Rick and said, "Look, I need you for 25 matches a year," the motherfucker would, would do 25 matches and 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 give it his all. And mm-hmm. and and if anything, by the 15th, the 20th match, really, you would see a vast improvement. He would start to find his fucking groove in some way, and he would just, you know, always knew how to adapt to his age and his limitations. You know, and I guarantee you would go through all 25 matches at 70 some years old and not have a fucking injury. Yeah, that's so true. So, like I said, I, me, myself, um, I got he made it through with no injuries. And like I said again, the, 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 the thing that I, I find funny because so many people are talking about some, oh, I felt sad for him by watching the match and this and third. Like I said again, Y'all, I don't know what y'all was looking to get out of this match. It was going to be a simple-ass match that a 70-year-old man could easily do. You weren't going to see Rick. You weren't going to see a 1985 Rick. You weren't going to see Rick that was with Evolution. You were going to see Rick that's now. You know, period. Now, the rest of the card was banging. Um, with some of the matches they had, I hate that I didn't get that. I, I really wanted to see Jacob Fatu versus Josh Alexander. Oh man, I wanted to see that man. I knew that was going to be a good one. Um, and like I said, the, the, and two, this kind of was like a, a last hurrah for I think Jim Crockett Promotions, which I would love to see them do more shit, honestly. Um, which I don't think they might do, but you know, I I think I, I would love to see more shit from Jim Crockett because I actually miss them. Yeah, and you know, I mean, again, I, it, it was smart. To have a built-up card, and again, and I, and from what I saw, all the guys like Jared and all those guys did not change the pace. Like they didn't, they didn't. None of them did. And again, this is why pro wrestling is so special. 
you had a guy and first of all i'm in great shape for 45 years old i did 11 scenes in three days okay at the age of 45 and i came in 10 of them so um you know that's that's impressive for 45 all right now we're talking about wrestling and i hope i'm in as good a shape even even after ill health with rick with rick flair like the way he is but Ric Flair worked like a 73-year-old, but he worked like Ric Flair if he were 73, being the dirtiest player in the game. And then you had Jay Lethal and Andrade, who were, who, were, who knows, not even maybe in the, even in their prime. And then you have Jeff Jarrett, who could still go when he has to. And everybody, it wasn't like, okay, Grandpa's out of the ring, let's speed it up. Everybody kind of kept the same space, it's the same pace. And everybody knew what to do to keep the consistency. So when Rick got back into the match, it wasn't like, okay, Grandpa's back in the ring. Everybody slowed down. Everybody knew what to do. It was believable. The crowd in the room loved it. I have not heard anybody who bought the pay-per-view bitch about it. The match got good reviews. That is pro wrestling. Nobody did unnecessary fucking weird jerk-off moves. Nobody did... The ultra pan, I'm going to drop you on your head 57 times and then back up over you and fuck your wife on Christmas and kick your kid at you know, at his recital and you still kick out uh, fucking montage. Everybody gave her a match that people enjoyed. It all made sense. It all came together. And they were there. They were, they were invested. And it was all believable. You know, and if he would have had a singles match, I would have said you, you have to have Ricky Morton do it because he's the only one left that's still active that can you know uh work with rick and actually i'm not gonna lie um i didn't get the pay-per-view because of the ring of honor thing but if they decided to do one more match uh and go to terry funk route do another final match and he was gonna wrestle ricky morton on a one-on-one i would buy that because it would be you know it would be they would give you a little bit more but you wouldn't expect it to go 20 15 minutes like if it went 10 minutes I would be happy, you know, it's, yeah. that's the, that's the beauty of pro wrestling. It's, it's the, it's the, the ability to make people believe and have it all make sense, you know, and, and that's the thing, you know, when you, when you, some of the stuff people do nowadays, it's like, okay, one, you, 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 it's, you get, you, you obviously planned it out so much because one of you is a tick off and I could see the hesitation and you guys, like you rehearse it so much that you're grabbing for an arm instinctively that's not there. Now it's messing up your timing. And then everybody is fucking in. The fucking Dante Martin kid. Fucking kid is injured again. And it's like, you know, I mean, if that's not a fucking glaring example. And, you know, it, and again, a lot of times, you know, it's like the New Japan guy or the All Japan guys that, that I'm going to kick you in the fucking head six times to finally get you down. They were really like that was a it worked for them because they literally were kicking they were taking those fucking hits as they landed like Stan Hansen when he hit you with that lariat it was famous throughout the industry he fucking nailed your ass like it really could fucking knock you the fuck out and you know it was legitimate because they were too and it, and again it, a lot of those guys could barely move fucking Mosawa decapitated in the ring so it comes at a cost you guys are trying to do that thing while trying to make it 
not as dangerous and it like it doesn't translate. I'm not saying do that level of dangerous, but you know, some of the stuff like again, you can't kill Darby Allen, but if you touch it with a Kindle, a Kindle, holy shit. Oh no. Oh wait, is that a Kindle Fire Plus? Oh my god, he's gonna have to go to a hospital. He might have brain damage. He's gonna wind up killing himself in the parking lot and donating his brain to science. It's a Kindle Fire. Oh my god, it's sixty-four gigabytes of, of, of space on that Kindle. He may never have children. And but meanwhile, he just got dropped on his head seventeen times, you know, five minutes before he got hit with the with the you know the Kindle. So it's just shit like that. It's like you know the match. I thought for what it was and what it was supposed to be, and they did everything right. Because even if it sucked, like look at the car they had underneath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I said, it was an actual good card. They want to be honest. Probably one of the best ones that I, I've, I've seen as far as lineups concerned. For it to be an independent, and they had a lot of strong talents there. Yeah, and I think Rick. I, and no, I'm not gonna lie. I, I I didn't. I don't really know the details. I saw Rick was in Puerto Rico doing something with Carlos Cologne. Um, with, yeah, I saw that too. And, and, they, they had a little. I mean, I don't think. I think it was a little scuff up for for the match that Cologne had. I think with uh, almost. Away, I think almost was down there wrestling. Away, okay, now that's not a believable. Like old ass fucking Carlos Cologne against fucking super tall Rick's ass, looking like Samaj. Uh, almost, I mean, yeah. No. So I think I think he came to the ring with his with his son, and Rick came in, and them two just you know him and Carlos Cologne kind of mixed it up a little bit, but nothing nothing compared to what he was doing with the last match. I, I'm gonna say this because I know I would not be surprised. I'm gonna call it. Because I think, because Terry Funk got very creative. I read his book, and he said the reason why he kept doing the retirement tours in Japan mm-hmm. was because Baba kept asking him to. Mm-hmm. And, you and you know, Baba had a relationship with certain gaijin wrestlers that it was like he just kept doing it to diminishing returns because Baba asked him. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Terry would take a break, and then, you know, everybody knew. It was kind of like the Beatles or whatever. Like, oh, you're mm-hmm. not really going to retire. Then he got creative in the late 90s and said, I'm never retiring from wrestling in Amarillo. I'm tired. I'm retiring from wrestling near this, this, mm-hmm. uh, this Waffle House. I'm tired. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I'm gonna wrestle this match and then I'm gonna move to Alaska and raise a Kodiak bear, you know, like whatever. And he's doing his own thing. Rick, I have a feeling is going to have another match. And I would say this by any chance in hell, you hear this recording. And you made it this far. You can't just have, I know you've had a lot of great opponents over the years, but somebody like Carlos Colon, unless you're going to do it in Puerto Rico and make it a Puerto Rico eccentric event where obviously Carlos has to go over. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have matches, you have to be very specific about who you wrestle. Like it has to be a rich, a Ricky Morton. It has to be, if you could talk him into it, a steamboat. I don't know who else at, at your, you know, like who. I hope he did oh, not he, wrestle. Oh, you know what? He, he said he never, he said he never got to wrestle John Cena. That's something he always wanted to do. Like do a WrestleMania match where you wrestle Cena and the match lasts five minutes and obviously Cena wins. Like if they're going to come back and do matches, they have to make sense. And with an yeah. opponent, like you, like you can't wrestle Darby Allen. You can't fucking wrestle uh, Moxley or whatever. Like, okay, I don't wrestle, no. Let this be it. Let this I be mean, it. But that's the thing. Go if you're going to, though, that's the thing. Like, Rick is not a normal 70-year-old. Uh, I mean, the, I see the way he's like, oh, he's over here, over here, over here. And I know he flies, like, at least business class. 
Man, I get I get aggravated. I'm not already thinking about. Okay, I might do a trip to Tampa to do some filming and get some Halloween stuff done. I might have to go down to Athens this week to film with Abby, uh, Athens, Georgia. I might have to go to Edison, New Jersey. I might take another trip somewhere else uh, to film some Halloween content. And then I'm definitely going to, to D.C. And who knows what other... I'm already exhausted talking about it. And it's so like, oh, my <laughs> God. And I don't want to go. And uh. We're talking about a 73-year-old guy who wrestled a match and then was on a plane to fucking Puerto Rico. And, like, this is, a, this is not a normal human being. And I honestly believe if Rip could have a match at the age of 75... And he could like do it with what if he could believe he could do it believably and he could get an opponent like Ricky Morton or somebody that like a, like a Cena or dare or dare say like an undertaker, he'll do it. Mm-hmm. All, but again, get the right opponent, make it make sense and get a fitted shirt that matches your tights. Like no more baggy t-shirts. Now, now that we're done with the last match, since we had moved it, it cause you sort of mentioned AW. Um, Hmm. I'm trying to think. Whatever. What should we talk about? We come to well, I think uh, I think Miro had a legitimate complaint. Yeah, where, yeah with the I Matt Warner know. thing, it's like, dude, you have a you have a roster that you're not. You have like a huge roster that you keep adding to, and a lot of guys, you're basically do, kind of recopying some of the mistakes that WWE made by not using certain guys. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck is Matt Warner on your show, and why the Fuck is Mance Warner wrestling the world champion? Okay, one, I had no issue with Mance Warner coming to AEW. I'm a huge Mance Warner fan. But it did throw me that he got a title shot. And I was like, but see, this is the reason why he got the title shot so people can understand. He won a bunkhouse battle royal doing the last, you know, the, the last match for Rick, right? The same pay-per-view that where Jiver Gresson won his match to get a shot at the progressive heavyweight. They say title. that I was watching it, but I didn't have the sound on. Did they say that on the AEW show? Yes. They said okay. that, that he won he won a battle royal during the last match to get the title shot against John Moxley. But my question is, why even in okay? You won't bring Rick on AEW. Why did you involve the AEW title in the mix of that pay-per-view, which has nothing to do with AEW? Actually, Impact had more to do with it. Why did not Manson get a title shot for the Impact title? Why the AEW title? Now, either, either Moxley asked for this, which, okay, at some point, it's a reason why some shit, even Vince would have not even signed off on. And I can understand why. Because I love Mance Warner. He's a great, he, he, he's great for who he is. He is the new age version of, of what's his name? Bunk, Buck, Bunk, Bunkhouse Buck? Jimmy Golden, yeah. Jimmy Golden, right? So, because he's kind of, he's kind of like that. And Mance can wrestle. And he can go. I mean, I'm actually been a huge fan of his for a long, and gives a great promo because that that uh that preview for him was fire. You know what I'm saying? The promo he did prior to the match was fire. But to me, I feel where Meryl coming from. Why didn't you just put Meryl in this spot? I you mean, know from? and also no offense to Mance, but Mance has never been on your show. Mance is 
you know, you have to be a really inside baseball wrestling fan to know who the fuck he is. He's never had that holy shit moment. He's never really done anything of epic proportion. So why, again, I'll ask, why the fuck is he on national television fighting your world champion, your world belt is supposed to be a big deal. Same thing when they, when uh, the Rhinestone Cowboy was at a Turner page was, uh, was, uh, you know, uh, wrestling Dante Martin because Dante Martin somehow magically became the number two contender. I'm like, oh, so basically what you're telling me, this ugly ass belt, this ugly ass fucking world title is worth dog shit because uh, fucking, you know, the redhead stepchild here that could jump really high all of a sudden magically on a roster with all these other guys is now your number two fucking contender, seriously? Because you say so? They do dumb shit like this that I think devalues their belt and their champion. And uh, Mance, look, it made sense when the TNT, it would have made more sense to have him go against Wardlow. But, or or somebody else, or like, you know, it just, there was nothing about the guy that warranted, even, even if you had an excuse why he's wrestling for the title and put up a, that much of a fight, because it doesn't make sense. And if you want to sign Mance, here's an idea. Before you sign Mance, and I'm not trying to take food off his table, but how about this? How about you use fucking Miro, who people are, I'm like, I'm literally like, I'm, I wish you could see me right now in my, in my face, in my body. Like, just, I, I'm tired it's, it's... of the, I don't, like, I, I'm enough with the Ghoulis gang, enough with the fucking Orange Cassie, enough with fucking Jiggly McMahon tits and his like angry big headed friend with the bum neck. Enough with these like fucking dumb shit that you just show every week. Where the fuck is Miro? Where is FTR? Like, you know, give me the you have these wrestlers on your roster. You have other mm-hmm. wrestlers I can't name right now because I'm so frustrated. What like and then you give me Mance Warner? It's like a, a fucking wrestler in, in, in two dollar cowboy boots and mom jeans. And he went care. for the belt. I can understand it was a match that if he won, he he could have got a title shot. No, he went for the title. So okay, let's say if you did put the belt on Mance Warner, who the fuck he gonna draw? No one know who he is. But that's the thing, it, like, because it, unless he's gonna go out there and just crush him, it, it just, it just, it just, I wouldn't have done it. And again, like, have and Miro has every right to be fucking pissed because yeah, it's because he's he like, because I'm back, I'm fully healthy, and y'all haven't, and y'all haven't put me against Wardlow, y'all haven't put me in a major feud. You got Mass Warner who comes in. Who's not even technically signed AEW yet, which I'm pretty sure he's about to get signed because match-quality-wise, it was a good match. And, and, and you know what, Vance? Have fun collecting that paycheck for doing almost nothing. Use the money to buy yourself some decent fucking cowboy boots and maybe some jeans that'll make you look like a 1985 mom. You know, maybe He didn't even have a knee pad on the way he could do the knee pad up, knee pad down thing, which he's normally known for. I, like, look, you... Me, you you keep teasing this feud between him and Alistair Black, but I'm not seeing anything happen. And it's like, yeah. okay, but but also why? Again, he just lost an unnecessary four corners match. Why is he is he mad at Pac? Like, again, like why doesn't this guy? But see, but not only that, but see, not only that, you could have set it up to where okay, if Miro was going against Moxley. That Malachi Black comes out of interfere and costs him the match against Moxley. That you just further the feud with a match. And you say Miro, so down the line, we can still consider him a credible threat to be champ. And here's with the thing. Man, Warner, this is how I look at it. 
Will we even see Mask again? And we're talking about guys that keep leveling up. When you look at uh, Miro slash Rusev, when he first came on the scene, the guy keeps evolving. He he changes his look. He make you know he looks younger and better now than he did when he started. Like the guy's aging in reverse. He's got a million dollar look. The, you know he, he's you know and he got a wife that can talk, and you ain't brought home. Well, I, I, her I can imagine being again that it's, it's that backstage bit of a headache thing. And she and here's the thing, you don't need he could talk. He's yeah he's doing really interesting promo. Again, this is a guy. I'm, sorry that, to I'm not gonna lie. You got Jericho and fucking Moxley. Oh, Jericho Moxley too. Like, okay, well, here's the thing. Number one, first problem is why is it only two? Because again, they're supposed to be feuding for a world title. Second, um, the second thing is, uh, who, here's an idea: have him face Miro and have Moxley put the belt on Miro, and now you have a new champion. And now I'm much more interested in seeing Miro eventually. I would love to hear the promos he's going to cut on Punk. As that gets closer, mm. and and now you have like this like you know killer of a heel champion that you could bounce a lot of different guys off of. And I understand Moxley, big star power, yada yada yada, and Jericho. And Jericho, I'm sure you lost his binky, so he cried. So you had to give him something until you could go to the store and buy a new one, and 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 whatever. But you know what? It's been done, and you got this guy, and you know you're doing. And you actually, it's worse because you should know better. Yeah. What W? You know, WWE let his, let his ass go. Because, because, they, because why do you think he came to y'all? Because WWE didn't use him right. I would. Put he could have took his ass to Impact. Hey, hey, I'm pretty hey, sure he big champ by now. Again, Miro, I'm going to take a wild swing. If any wrestling fan hears this clip and you want to try to put it on Miro's radar, if I was booking, you'd already probably be you did, like you probably would be world champion right now, or just be your second it, it, reign. It, it, if not the AEW title, damn sure Ring of Honor. Yeah, there you no. go. Uh, you go. I would, or, Why or, or, have or, go against Claudio Casanoli, and y'all build that shit up for yeah. the Ring of Honor title. Oh yeah, no. Or yeah. or I would ha- I would have you wear an AEW title and have you be the destroyer of worlds with all your really interesting promos, and yes. I would make you just an absolute devastation monster until you met Punk. And then you would do business for Punk. But then here's the funny thing. You would get some rematches. And then you would immediately be put into a program because eventually you would lose to Punk. You'd be immediately put into a program with a top guy where you would get your heat back. And I would keep you healthy to basically, again, be in contending, be in that era of like, oh, somebody's injured. Oh, we need another champion or something. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's like that's the aggravating. I don't give a fuck if you think it's humorous. I don't care if they're over. I don't give a fuck. I'm sorry. Again, I don't care that he's dead. Some of the shit you're putting on your TV needs to stop. These jobbers, these fucking dupes that aren't like leveling up, these fucking gimmicks, and that's all they are. And I'll say this, and you you defended him. I don't care. Yeah, the guy can wrestle, but guess what? His skill set, dime a dozen. Give me give me a per diem. Give me some plane tickets and give me some uh, data when the show's happening. And I can scour the country and in two weeks come back with 15 Orange Cassidy's that are able to do the same fucking moveset. So there's nothing Mm -hmm. special about the guy other than he puts his hands in his pockets. Enough with this shit. You have these other guys who have been proven to draw money and can like, again, talking about blaming God for his neck and talking about being Redeemer. I mean, that is some weird shit that he made work. I yes. want to hear more of it. 
and you're making me starve because, oh, look. Oh, wait. Arch Cassidy has a girlfriend. No, wait. That's just Chuck Taylor with his top off. All right. You know? What? What? Oh, my God. It's the kid is coming out getting into a match. Oh, no, wait. That's that's the one guy from the Dork Order. Okay. That's, um, all right. No, that kid's actually not wrestling. Okay. You know, it's, uh, all right. Somebody's mom is getting into the ring. Oh, wait. That's one of the girls. Uh, from your wrestling, from your women's division, supposedly. Now it's like I'm you know, enough, fucking enough with this dumb shit. If you mm. want to be a star, push yourself to like you know you got to push yourself. And then, here's the other thing: don't tell me about fucking Grisham's height when that fucking bald jackass that runs around with his like doughy arms that basically is just thick. And oh, that would be funny if he said something more, about him, too. He's getting more and better TV time, and he can't wrestle half as good as Grisham. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear shit about how you. If you're going to put a short wrestler on TV, give me fucking Grisham. Yeah, actually. So, But like I said, the match itself with Mass Warner was, to me, was good. The only thing is, I didn't see the point of Mass Warner. I saw it made sense why he got juice, but I didn't see the purpose of him having juice. You know, I'm, well, you know a, what I'm that's saying? A, that's a Moxley thing. All his matches now. Got you know, I, bet, I, I bet you when he shakes the sugar packet for his coffee in the morning, he he's like, you know, gets color. I mean, <laughs> you know, like that's just a Moxley thing. And, and you know, uh, and that's just, and it doesn't mean anything when he. Which means you Jericho. You know, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it, it's. Yeah. Boxer just can't have a regular wrestling match, can he, huh? Well, he's allowed to do what he wants, but I mean... I mean, I ain't mad at him. The way he... It's one minute, it makes sense that he's in the Blackpool Comedy Club... uh, Not comedy, sorry. Combat Club. But Mm. at the same time, there are moments when I watch him wrestle, and I'm like, he doesn't... When you look at Claudio and and, and Yuta and and Danielson, he he doesn't... He, He don't fit. He don't fit. And it's like, it just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I, other than he had a past relationship with uh, Regal, um, and that's kind of like the connection to everybody. Uh, but yeah, it's just, you got to like, you keep, you keep buying all these guys. And then there's this, which by the way, I've done, like a lot of stuff has come to my attention uh, recently about this like merger. And this merger sounds like it's going to be worse than the Time Warner. Oh God. I, oh God. Not even just for wrestling, but like they're talking about getting rid of HBO Max, which is like one of the better streaming and then cutting everything down by 70. And it's like, man, what are you planning on putting I, I, on TV then? Like, what do you. This is like, what I get about the merger. How to f- merge and be cheap about it. Well, that's what, that's, what, that's what um that's what basically corporate America does. They make these big purchases and then they cry poverty, and then they essentially take whatever they just bought and ruin it by cutting it down. Because you know it's like oh well we have to see money almost immediately as opposed to making a reasonable offer, and then just kind of going well what do you what is it that you guys are doing that's working? Well let's just pile on to that and cut away the shit that ain't working. You know it's like. And so they're cutting the shit that's working. And here's the thing: they're cutting down. They're talking about cutting down seventy percent of like scripted. Whatever. It's like, look, the thing about reality TV is this: it's not as popular as it once was, and it serves two functions. There is like a small percentage. I want to say three percent. Where they're going to give ninety day fiancés on Universe? Really? 
Well, here's the thing. 90, here's the thing. There's like 3% where you got like the uh, the Property Brothers. You got uh, some kind of reality show where somebody actually serves a function and is interesting and maybe you learn something. And then the majority, the rest of it is, it's basically it's horrible people with bad behavior behaving disgustingly. It's soulless husks. It's like soulless hucks sucking the soul out of black athletes so they can be uh, rich and popular. Or it's uh, like video proof that having money doesn't make you white trash. That's, like, that's literally the entire gambit. It's like, we're going to fuck these black athletes and then suck the life out of them. And then we're going to move on to rappers. Then, or we are just so horribly obnoxious and we're going to be rewarded for our bad behavior or uh look at us we're like we're upper class rich wise and really all you are is just fucking trailer park at an apartment and you know it's like well there's a reason why nobody should be married um i saw one episode of like one of those real housewife shows and i was like I've never been so thankful not to be married to a group of people that never knew existed more in my life than I was at the end of this show. Like you are, and I, I have dated and fucked some serious white trash in my day. I went deep. I went deep into my Southern roots and I slew, and I threw some dick around in some white trashy situations. It involved mullets. It involved ashtrays on the bed while you were fucking big rebel flags. Melted cheese on Rice Krispies for breakfast. Yeah, I mean, I went deep down the white trash rabbit hole, and every one of these barefoot country uh, contessas would throw every one of these fucking like whores you see uh, on TV, on reality TV, from the Kardashians to the Real Housewives to the Honey, Hey Hey Bobo, whatever the fuck her name is. Nope. They throw them all out on the front lawn with the fucking '87 Chevy because. You know, and you're gonna you're gonna take away all these hit shows and all this other shit for what reality shows, and and yeah. also you buy Warner you know Brothers. Why, and what is Warner Brothers known I for? Pay more unscripted. I can pay them peanuts. Well, I mean, it's you're buying HBO, you're buying Warner Brothers. What are they known? Look at their library and now, y'all. And here's the other thing: how the fuck did Discovery get the money to buy Warner Brothers? No one watches Discovery. I discovered they're still around. That's where they <laughs> I'm merger. Like you fucking no still- discovery. You know what? I recently did. I cheated the system. I watched. I I did the seven day free trial for Discovery because I'm a big they fan. Got of He's garbage. Well, no, no. I did it to watch one show. I'm a big <laughs> fan of Trixie Mattel. She did a show where she renovated this little motel in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. I watched the show. It took like a day. I canceled the set. I did. They literally didn't have anything. Other than that, like a drag queen buying a hotel, that was it. And I'm, a, yeah, it's like, I, now again, this is all the stuff they're talking about is going to take, they, they're saying it's going to take a year to implement. Yeah. So, what actually is going to happen and what they're saying they're going to have happen. And like, here's the thing if you crash and burn, you got to understand there are places to watch, there are other places to watch TV. Mm hmm. And if you're going to, and, you know, you crash and burn, don't think that, like, oh, like, look, if I never watch HBO again, it's going to suck at moments, I think, but it's not going to be the end of the world because there's a lot of, you know. So I can imagine what the hell they're about to do with it. So what else is uh, for AEW before we move on? Um, 
By the interest of the Rhinestone Cowboys, now going to be back with the Young Bucks. <laughs> because Kenny Omega is nowhere close to coming back. Um, which, glad that he's getting away from the Ghoulers game. Um, it's time for him to separate from them altogether. Um, and I, I'm not mad at him getting with the Young Bucks or what have you. But it is something that I did want to harp on because I hear a lot of people, you know, kind of like, I mean, I mean, we talked about it for a little bit or what have you. Gee, it's funny how if the Young Bucks were that much of assholes, they would never lose the belt. Because they do have say-so apparently to a certain extent and some sway. They gave up the title, even though, and the only reason why they took the titles in the first place was because the Hardy Boys posted one, so they just took it as being a placeholder. And to me, I don't think they get enough credit for kind of being a little bit unselfish. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I think I don't know, man. Like this current iteration of the Young Bucks is not my favorite. Like I. I don't know. I think they're doing what they think is a version of a cool heel. And mm. with the weird outfits and the facial hair and all the other stuff. And it's like, it's almost like, I don't know, like like they become a parody like, themselves. to themselves. And I, I don't know. I mean, I definitely, I think it's a little bit, I think it's kind of like a little bit of both camps. I think it's, um, they're, their tag division is not anywhere where it should be. If you're like, I, look, if I gave Ricky and Robert, uh, like, look, you guys book my tag division. Obviously, you guys are going to be champions here and there, but you guys can't just be the king of the hill all the time. If you, if I see you doing that, I'm going to have to step in because I'm the boss. I get. But if I gave Ricky and Robert, if I gave Bobby Eaton, if I gave Jim Cornette, if I gave fucking uh, Bret Hart, you know, like, okay, guys. You're in charge of my tag division. I would have a badass, kick-ass tag division. Tag division, fucking terrible, fucking terrible. And I'm I, like, I was, I literally almost shit my pants. I had to go into the bathroom, no lie, and check because the fucking acclaimed finally won a match. And you know, it's like, get it's the just, gun, the ass it, It's a train wreck. It's a train wreck that was. Like you know, in a in a trunk of a car as it drove off a cliff into like you know, a bad Adam Sandler movie. It was just it's just one bad thing after another. Your your tag division is fucking pathetic, and you guys are supposed to be a tag team. And you know it's you you. I'm not seeing the guys I want to see. You're not pushing the guys that I'm like. You know what? These guys are kind of won me over. And that and, but you're pushing. And the claim is over. They are over. Actually, the definition of over, they got. And here's the thing, too. It's like, and this is an AEW thing. It's like, okay, you've... I've seen the same guys on the TV now to the point where I don't want to see them anymore. I don't want to see the Lucha Bros anymore. I don't want... I, I swear to God, again, I feel... Look, I like Rudy <sighs> Lee, and I would have definitely liked to see him have a good run away. And I never liked him being part of the George Willis gang, but it's like, it serves no purpose. And I get it. Look, you're doing right by the kid and the family, and that is to their credit. But this whole thing, it has to fucking go. 
It has to go or it has to stay at the beginning of the card and stay on the stupid YouTube shows. Enough with like enough with the fucking you know the 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 you know jiggly McMahon tits and his angry friend Bobblehead and and Orange Julius send him back to the goddamn food court. Just you know, like you need to pull back. You either need to get a second hour of that show, you need to reformat both shows, and you just need you've got a lot of talent that like people are like, where the fuck are they? Stop hiring people. Because you don't have room for the wrestlers you have now. Enough with the fucking hiring. They can't even do enough with them. Because and, even- and I get it. Ring of Honor is hunting for a TV deal. Until you get the TV deal, Matt Warner is going to say yes to a contract, whether it takes another six months to get a Ring of Honor thing and you move them over to Ring of Honor, or like, oh, we're moving all these people over to Ring of Honor. Now we have room for you, Mance. Mance ain't going anywhere. Mance has made a living up to this point on his own, through his own, through his own due diligence. He can get by until, you know, stop fucking hiring people because you won't fire them. You'll let them just sit at home. You don't know what's coming with this merger. It's time for you to really make yourself invaluable as a show. And you need to start. And again, fucking guys like Miro and everything else, like they have options. If man, yeah. if, 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 if the, if the ghoulish gang, if Adam turn the page uh, is unhappy, if, if, if fucking, you know, if these guys are unhappy, fuck them. Where are they going to go? Miro can go back to WWE or to New Japan. Uh, fucking Alistair, uh, Moxley, like all these guys, you know, certain guys you need to keep happy because if Triple H does do what he's talking about and actually like, oh, we're going to bring wrestling back to WWE and he actually does turn the ship around. Well, now you have to keep the guys happy that have options. The ones that don't, fuck them. That's the hard rule of life. Fuck them. Uh, you're on my TV, and who else is going to hire you? Yeah, speaking it? about people that, that disappeared, where the fuck is Athena? Because at one point, you had Athena post been chasing TBS title. Uh, we haven't seen her since. Um, I don't know if she injured or what. And Madison Rain, who only had one match, gets a title shot. At the TBS. Now, I don't get it tr- twisted. I love Madison Rain. I'm glad that she did to help steer and help with the the, the 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 women's division because people, she did a, her and Gail Kim did a amazing job with the Impact Knockout Division. One of the best bass division, female bass divisions in the business. But why does she get a title shot? Again, it's like it's whatever whoever's in Tony's ear or Tony doesn't realize like booking needs to be like I look I you 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 have so many I mean you have Statlander you have so many ladies you could just feed to Jay Cargill. Well, you feel again with Cargill, I just her promo ability and again her like. She's just a little too all over the place. I would not make her the heart. I mean, I wouldn't throw her away, but, you know, I wouldn't waste solid talent on feeding it to Cargill. I would basically put all my car. I would, you know, either give Thunder Rosa a proper title reign or put the belt, that TBS belt, or that, you know, on, like, Tony Storm or somebody. So that way, now there's two viable champions because whatever... I don't care. I honestly don't give a shit. Like her whole shtick with Tony cut the shit. I'm a bad, I'm that, whatever the fuck. I'm that bitch. 
Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah, you are. Right. Yeah, you're you are. Right. You're that, you know what you are? You're that bitch that I get up and get another beer when you're on the TV. You're that bitch that I hit fast forward. You're that bitch that I that that's like, you know, you're lucky I have Let me tell you who she is. She is a better version of Last Legend. <laughs> because the promos don't sound similar. You just need to, like, again, it's not her fault because she's doing the best she can on live TV. But it's, again, with her little baddie group and all this other lame shit, it's like you don't have, you only have so many, like, top female talents. You're like, you're again, Omega, the women division is not what it should be. So you need to be using the top female talents you have in the right way. And if you're going to have two... Uh, if you're going to have two belts for the women that you need, yeah. and one of them is not going to be a tag belt, then you need to have the belts on women that can work with other female wrestlers. And look, she's had a run with the belt. You need to get her away from the undefeated streak. I'm not saying, oh, throw her off the show, but it's like you put a lot on her shoulders. And she's it like me. They have not gave her a true few. No, and and again, it's and again, it's the thing of like, okay, you're you're a heel, but you're a proud mom, and you're a black thing, and it's fuck. God, oh fuck. Look, you know what I'm it. saying? I'm like, I'm supposed to hate her, but you bringing the goddamn baby on the show. And I'm fucking being that cute little thing. And you know what? Tony needs somebody in his ear. Okay. Tony needs somebody in his he need ear. Road dog. He need to hire Road Dog. Road Dog is the purpose, the perfect foil because he will go against a lot of this shit and might make Tony see. Okay, you got a point, Road Dog. Well, whoever it is, well, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you the second. He got too many yes men. He bought as bad as Vince. He bought as bad as Vince. I'll tell you who they should try to steal away. And if I like, if I got hired for like a position of power at AEW. I would literally go, hey, you know what? I would I would go to the person in charge of the camera. I go, and I would say this in front of Tony. I go, because the other way I would take the job is like, look, this is what I'm. Gonna, this is the way I'm going to be. If you're going to hire me, this is, this is what you're going to get. I go, hey, can I ask you a question, there, director person? Why the fuck are you were you closing in on her kid? Oh, you know, I'm like, look, here's the thing. She's a great mom, and she it's true. She is a proud black woman, and she's a different mom. She's all that stuff. But you know what else she is? She's my heel fucking champion on my wrestling show. Fuck her kid. I wouldn't fuck even her. show the kid. Fuck, we wouldn't fuck even make the kid. The kid wouldn't even be in the audience. The kid be in the back watching it on the screen. Here's Why the, thing. the fuck do I need? Yeah. And here's the thing. If the kid want, if you, if you, make here's my... the thing. It, it's her being a good parent. If you want as a black mother to have your black daughter watch your mom go out on a major TV production with millions of viewers and be the champion and be this different body type and everything else, that is to Jane Cargill's, uh, uh, that is to her benefit. That is to say what a great mom she is because that image sitting from the crowd, everybody cheering her or booing her or having this effect, that is a great inspirational thing for your daughter to witness with your husband and your dad holding you all proud. It's a beautiful moment that does not need to be on my fucking show because right now your mom is supposed to be a bad guy. So I need your mom to draw me some money by being an evil bitch. You can have the moment. Don't put it on fucking camera if i see you do that oh. again you are i'm not going to be having this argument because you're going to be fired and i'm going to have a new director and i'm going to turn to tony and go tony it's one thing or the other either, <sighs> she is, either she is a big bitch that's an inspiration to all little black girls everywhere or she's a big black bitch 
that is a fucking head breaker, and she's going to come out there and just mow over people. She can only be one. Pick one. You're the boss. Pick one, and I will make her that. And the person I would hire to run my women's division, if I was, if I got control of the, first of all, I take away the tag division from the Bucks. I would take away the tag division or the women's division from Omega and anybody else, any wrestler. Because the rule is, if you're active in the ring, you cannot you be a booker. I would go to Fit Finley, who runs the women's division in WWE, and I go, Fit, name me a number. I'm gonna get, give me, take a week, take two weeks. I'm gonna fly back to you. I'm gonna stand front. I'm gonna stand across from you in two weeks. Give me a number. Tell me what it's gonna take to get you from the WWE to run my women's division. Okay, and I'm gonna give you a lot of control over that women's division because I need you to do a lot of work. Then I would go to Ricky and I go, look, Ricky, I know you're planning on continuing wrestling with your son. I could do, I could maybe book him. I could sign him. I could do some other stuff for you, but I want you to run my tag division. Okay. And then I would again go to people and go, look, you have to pick one. You're either a bad guy or you're a good guy. Cause I need heels. I need baby faces. Oh, Hold on. I got two breaking news. Okay, first of all, for first breaking because this is gonna give a chance to move to WWE. Did not know that William Regal had a son, which yeah, explains yeah, he, every uh, he's, motherfucking he's been... thing. Why I like Charlie Dempsey? Did not know, and he looked like William Regal. And I said, "Damn, he do kind of look like William Regal." Oh, a little Dempsey bit. is uh, I actually saw Dempsey wrestle. I liked him. That's Regal's kid. That's his kid. I did not know that. Now that you mentioned it, I, but I did see Dempsey wrestle, and I actually liked him, and I was kind hey, of he's annoyed. Good. He's good. He's coming to NXT 2.0. Oh, no. Thank uh, you! Give well, me some fucking real wrestlers on 2.0. Well, they're going to let him be a wrestler. Yeah, they're going to let him be because, because he's got them Triple H. Well, again, we'll see. I'm hoping... And hey, supposed to be coming. We're talking about Wolfgang, Joe Coffey, and Mark Coffey. I like that. You know, so I'm seeing what Triple H is doing. He's saying, look, it's too many green motherfuckers here. Let me go grab some of these motherfuckers that got experience that can actually go yeah. out of UK and let's bring him over to 2.0. Yeah, if he's Regal's kid, which means he's gonna have Regal's personality, because when I did see him, he had an old school yes. kind of look and he and he could wrestle and he had that style that I like. But when it comes to WWE. You're gonna like again. Regal was a headbreaker. Regal will fuck yeah. you up, but he would do all kinds of comedy and do you know? And he played the hilt mm-hmm. to being the stuffy aristocrat. And he's a blue collar guy. He would knock you the fuck out without even realizing he did it. But he played the aristocrat, and he you know, oh, I'm I'm a guy. Like the only thing he he didn't do was bring out a fainting couch to like faint when somebody did something to him. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they'll let Regal's kid. Because he's a great wrestler. So what? He's a great wrestler, yo. He's good. He is. What's uh? What's the other um news? Uh, John Laurinaitis has finally been released. Oh yeah, I saw that. I mean, (laughs) that's right there is what's wrong with corporate America. Like John Laurinaitis, uh, only got into the wrestling industry because of who his brother was. He found a little bit of a niche in Japan because. Giant Baba's wife, like the finger bang herself to uh, to him, um, and well, that had to be it because that basically it's widely known that she was or he, he was her favorite wrestler. So you know, she dun 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 dun, dun, dun to herself to you know Johnny Ace, 
Um, she was, he was her ace in the hole, so to speak. Um, and then other than that, like, he just kind of dumbed himself into position. Like, apparently he memorized all the complicated All Japan finishes, why he got a job with WCW, and then somehow dumbed his way into position with WWE. And obviously he's a piece of shit because uh, he, like, fucked over JR. And then he kept going because, because again, he's like a smiling jackass that looks good in the suit. And, and here's a hard fact of life. And this is probably why porn is my last uh, venue in life to be successful and make some money is I was raised that I just, you know, it's a long story short. I just had to know what I was talking about if I was going to speak up. So, like, I know the restaurant business. I grew up in it. I'm learning porn. I know something stuff about porn. I know enough to have a wrestling podcast. So, like, if you hire me to run any type of business, I'm always going to tell you what you need to hear and what's best for the business. Because my job as somebody who's running a business is to make it money. You know, I mean, it's, no matter what I want, like, you know, if I get, if I get asked to run Teeny Black by Team Skeet, of course I want to be on camera for every scene, but I know that can't happen. Or who knows? Nobody wants to see me on camera. I just have to run everything from behind the scenes. Whatever makes the website successful, that is my task. And in America, people don't really want, especially in corporate America, they don't want people that are qualified to do something. They want yes men. They want somebody mildly yes. competent enough not to burn the building down. And that was John Laurinaitis. I can't express how little respect I have for him as a human being, as a, as a as a as an office guy or as a wrestler. I was so happy, even even when Kayfay was happening, when the Midnight Express turned heel on the Dynamic Dudes. I just had no respect for the man at all, and he's somebody who should never have gotten this far. But but that's the thing: if a guy who will literally turn to um, to Tony Khan and go. Okay, I'm going to fire this fucking guy if he does that one more time when I'm trying to make Jane Cargill the biggest fucking heel since, like, you know, uh, since fucking, I don't know, since, like, you know, The Rock or whatever in, in, in 97. I'm going to fucking, you know, like, I'm going to fire him and, and go do this shit. She has to be a heel until we turn her face. And da-da-da-da. I would get fired. Or I would just get dismissed and deballed. Whereas, you know, somebody like, you know, yeah, ball, that's great. Yeah, no, she's a total bad guy. She just cheated to win, but there's her black dollar. You know, now I'm going to go pull my dick out to somebody I shouldn't and uh, pay her off with, like, money that's not mine. That's what gets ahead. And that's what's wrong yeah. with, with the corporate America, you know? You, if you somebody important, you need at least one person to tell you, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Or are you really going to wear that out? Like, again, with Bailey. Bailey has no friends. You can't convince me, because she went outside <laughs> in that outfit. I want to look at Bailey that way, Bailey. I want to wear Bailey. You know I love you. What the fuck are you doing? What are you going to a movie theater? Are you like, how much juju beads do you need to watch a movie? Like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like how many stretching, like how many like iPod, you know, cords do you need? Like, what's with all the pockets? What's with the, you know, like what the fuck? Is it Halloween already? You're going out as a as a fucking army jacket? Like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, that's that's you need somebody around to basically kind of tell you, like, what the fuck? What the fuck are you doing now? Tonight, Chomper, one of the big matches going down in Raw, is Chomper's going for the United States title against Bobby Lashley. 
thank you for giving Chopper a run. I think he's one of the guys that's on the roster that should get pushed at some point to a world title run. Um, but I want to clear up something that is being put out there. He's dedicating the match to Harley Race, one of the greatest of all time. Let me make this clear. Harley Race was not the first United States champion in the NWA. Why did WWE love trying to revise fucking history? He was one of them. He was not the first. You had, let's see here. You had Bobo Brazil, the United States champion one time. You had the Sheik at the NWA United States champion one time. If I do recall, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers was one of the champions. Well, it's because he was the first one for um, Mid-Atlantic, the Crockett's, and that's kind of like the closest thing to any history that they'll... So they just want to use the lineage of the United States Championship that fits what they want, basically. That's the thing, yeah. They're, 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 they're the revisionist kings and queens. That's why, like, all these... That's why I tell people... You know, if the book looks like it's remotely good or has any real fact, like buy it before it sells out. That's why wrestling historianism is so important. Like, that's why I got into the habit of like somebody comes out with a book. I buy it right away because, you know, just one to, you know, keep again, as long as people. Oh, I can make money. You're going to get a lot of bad books, but you're going to get people that actually. No, but yeah. see, but see, here's the sad part. They saying they ain't saying the Mid Atlantic. They said the NWA, the first United States well, champion. That's the thing. It's again, you, you're dealing with WWE fans. You see, you know like, history. Like really? so, Bob, there was the one in Detroit. There was the one in San Francisco. There was the one in like Texas. There's what you know, the you know, rest WWE fans. that want to hear all that shit. They know the NWA because they were like kind of, you know, the closest thing to a runner up. And even then, half the time you have to explain to a WWE fan that WCW and NWA were kind of the same thing at yes, one point. Actually. And, and actually, and, want to be honest, WWF was a part of the NWA at one point. For a point. number of years, yeah. Um, I, uh, but, um, How yeah, the fuck no, it, shit in my ass is 47? Well, no, it's, it's, a, it's just they don't care. They don't. They just want to, they, 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 again, they want that revisionist history. That's why all these historians putting out all these books is important. Like, you know, Vandal Drummond is a, is a, is a, is a, one of the kind of hosts on the 605. And he was originally supposed to do a book with uh, Rock Rims, um, who does a lot of stuff on, I have a, a number of his books on California history, which we're going to be covering in the episodes and, and months to come, but there was a very dense book, but he was supposed to do one on Lucha Libre because he is an expert on Lucha Libre. And then that book went south. Cause I think uh, rock rims is working on a buddy, rock, uh, Ray Stevens biography, which by all means, please, we need that book. Uh, so Vandal Drummond is now currently doing research on the journeyman of like the California, Southern California, uh, area wrestling and when he mentioned like the idea and what like that's kind of what interests him I'm like holy shit if he can actually do the research and dig and find the stories and names and like how they connected the big names and so on and so forth and da, 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 like I'm salivating at the idea of the book I even messaged him I said look if you need help with research if I can send you any money to help you know and that's why 
stuff like this is important. Like, okay, a guy like this digging in on such an interesting topic of who were the journeymen that made the stars and filled out the card for years and just maybe missed the boat on the next level of what, you know, you always hear about a guy like, oh, he was a star. He just missed the videotape era. He just missed the cable TV yeah. area. For this guy to put in that kind of work, to do the research and then write a book, you know, that is, it's important to support people like that and make sure like, hey, yeah, that book will sell or people will support you to write that book. Because WWE just comes out and says shit like, hey, Bubba Brazil was the first black wrestler ever. We didn't even need, we didn't even know Negroes existed until he came out of nowhere. <laughs> we, didn't, we just thought they would, we would just thought they would like, we just thought they were sunburnt Indians. We didn't have no idea. He just came out all black. And we thought he was he Dominican. Like we he thought he was he Dominican. Had like in both his feet that he could keep a beat. It was amazing. And everybody's like, oh, shit. Oh, what? Oh, the first. Oh, he's the first black person. Oh, you know, they don't. That's the thing. That's, and, you know, unless Triple H is going, which I, don't, I think that's probably the one thing he's not going to correct, is. WWE revisionist history is very yeah. dangerous. That's why it sucks. They're sitting on all those libraries of all that, that wrestling. So it's important for these historian books. That's why, like, hey, guess what? Detroit had a U.S. title. San Francisco had a U.S. title. Sometimes it was the America's title. And sometimes yeah. it was the U.S. title. That was, and then, you know, and then, of course, you had uh, every territory had their whatever. Like, the Mid-Atlantic title was, like, you know, it's supposed to be their world title. You know, regional titles were important. The U.S. title yeah. was especially in territories where the NWA champion didn't come a lot, was like their version of the world title. And at and, one point, the U.S. title was a traveling champion. Yeah, and and that's the thing. You know, it. That's that's the thing that why all these it's guys like who do old school, like, and we people, won't be doing one this week. But go ahead. No, people like Scott. No, people like Scott Teal. People like Scott Teal. People like Vandal Drummond, Brian Last, Jim Cornette, um, uh, Brian Solomon. Yeah, uh, I know. Uh, for, I, and I apologize. Okay, he be breaking down a lot of history shit. Yeah, and I and I and I you know and I apologize because I don't have my 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 library. It's in the other room, but all the other historians that are writing these books, they're really important because I have learned a great deal because these guys are doing the work. And and it, now it's final. You know, one of the great travesties. Speaking of Harley Race, was he did a biography, but he did it in kayfabe, like in it yeah. was a shame that nobody was able to get Harley to really put his life out there, and all that inf all that info is lost. So wrestling historianism and the guys that are out there doing the heavy lifting and writing these books on their own time, and you know, and so on, and ECW Press put out these books. It's really important because WWE would, like I said, would just have you believe that fucking Chief J. Strongbow was really an Indian. And Bobo yeah. Brazil was the first black person to ever wrestle. And, you know, and fucking we invented women's wrestling and, you know, so on and so forth. And it's... We invented tag team wrestling. Yeah. No, it's... it's there's all <laughs> kinds of... Yeah, there's... It's, <laughs> it's such... And I tell people all the time, there's a female talent that I'm hopefully going to work with. She's mainly a fetish model. She does like that you know, kind of fetish wrestling. Yeah. And I was telling her, because I'm a nerd, I was like, do you know anything about wrestling history? And, and she wasn't a fan of wrestling, but I'm like, no, the beauty of professional wrestling is the history yeah. in and of itself. 
if you approach it from a historical standpoint, is amazingly interesting. You don't have to be a wrestling fan. You don't have to watch the product. Just how it developed into what it is and how they did things and how the stars and how racial barriers and, and sexual barriers and all this other stuff yeah. were broken down through something that was, oh, so fake. And ironically, they it became staged or at least predetermined because... Same reason why they invented the stand-up rule in MMA. When a person's really good at grappling, it and they're wrestling somebody else that's really good in grappling, don't make any plans for dinner because you're going to be here a while because it's a slow chess match. So they had to make it so that people would still come and then, you know, kind of just roll from there. Then all of a sudden, you know, psychology was invented and how to work the crowd and all these other little tricks. And, and again, there's there's so much history you know that and again it's it takes time to dig it up because it was it was literally harder to get into pro wrestling than it was the mafia yes it was and the mafia loosened their rules up because you could be <laughs> if you want to get the mafia you had to be sicilian yeah and then they 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 had trouble replenishing their ranks so they had to finally relent and let neapolitans in is where you get your john Gotti's and your mm-hmm. you know uh, and and all the other guys of like you know the kind of the 70s 80s era you know, these big names and um, pro wrestling, they did, they held on until Vince, the cancer McMahon came in, you know, uh, with the hopes. I wish John God would not, he would slap the living shit out of Tony D'Angelo. But anyway. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, oh, they, they, they probably, they literally would probably tattoo an Irish flag on his head and dump him in Hell's Kitchen and make him our problem. God. So now here's the question I'm going to ask. Do you see Ciampa going over on Bobby Lassie tonight? Because he dedicated the match to Harley Race. I, you know, right now, who knows? Because normally I would say no, but they buried Lashley so bad. Because Ciampa is a Triple H guy. Let's make that clear. He is one of the guys that Triple yeah. H always wanted to push. And, 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 you know, how he was booked in NXT... Yeah, I would say it's very viable uh, viable that he would beat Lashley. I don't I only saw him for a minute playing the stooge to the Miz. So I don't know if they made him into a, a fucking stooge or if they have actually tried to been booking Ciampa. I mean, I, if they're really going to do a whole uh 180, it would make sense to have Ciampa win cuz Ciampa yeah, it made it made me the stooge. You know, so and even hell, fucking even Jim Cornette. I almost again, I almost shit my pants. Jim Cornette finally gave some credit to the Miz. There's a guy that if Triple H is going to really take control, there's a guy that you need to kind of keep around to keep him in the mix because he, Brian Last, finally, both of those guys came around. Like this is a guy who is so skilled. It's so good at getting whatever shit is just handed to him over and making it believe. Everybody keeps going on about uh, Logan Paul, but it's like, hey, you know what? The fucking Miz, I guarantee you, the Miz worked with him, and the Miz called it and walked him through all that shit. Like, yeah, Logan Paul looked good, and he looked the part, but I give I give ninety eight percent of the credit to, to the Miz. Miz. I give it to the Miz because oh, here's the guy. Over, he will be one of the coaches, and he will probably be one of the producers backstage. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, no, I think if when he when and the way hey, he, he works, teach a motherfucker do a promo, and the way he works, and he, he has an age, I could see him continue to go on for like another ten years if he wants. Yeah. And 
again, I hopefully they'll give him less stupid mm. shit to work with by like oh being eaten by zombies or putting a YouTube star over. He's definitely earned some kind of reward. But yeah, no, definitely as a producer, head of talent relations, I think he could be a great coach on the level of a of a Tom Pritchard. Um, because obviously he knows again, it looks like he's not doing anything in the ring, but when's the last time you saw if you take the context of whatever situation they put him in, when's the last yeah. time you saw a bad mismatch? Or when's the last time actually you saw- I have not seen a bad mismatch? Very, very rare. I actually I can't think of one. Yeah, oh, and I'm, and I'm, and again, you take away whatever stupid situation they put him in. He makes his opponents look good. It's all believable, and he's always there. And this is a guy that I, yeah, you'd be dumb as shit. I always said again. See, two here's the other thing before you finish. He has a reality show that makes us like him because of his family, but yet we still boo the fuck out of this motherfucker. Yeah. So if that don't make him very good, I don't know what to tell you. And not yeah, and also it's a good reality show. Like it's actually yeah. a reality show yeah, you can watch. And it's it, obviously it's a little stage. It's just it's just good. Like hey, I want to kill some time. I'm gonna listen to whatever. But the guy can go. The guy is a solid family man. He's a solid human being. You, I always said. Um, if I was going to start a wrestling company tomorrow, one of my top ten guys, and he'd be in the top five, would be the Miz. And I would tell the Miz, like, he probably would be one of my first champions. And I'm going to make you my chicken shit heel, and I'm going to ha- give you at least a year run to kind of help establish my heavyweight division. And then I have my long-term plans for you are possible manager, possible, you know, behind-the-scenes uh, guy, uh trainer yeah like you know i'm glad that Cornette and uh brian last finally came around because i always thought it was yeah. like, you guys they know what and i know there are people that can't stand either one of them but i'm sorry they, these guys know their shit yes. and the fact that they were not given the it's like look it's the guy the guy is just rolling with the punches and and just you know whatever he wanted he wants to be there and they're they're giving them hey, go go out there and be eaten by zombies. Go out there and lose to fucking fucking Danny Vadaducci. And he makes yeah. it work. You know, and he goes out there and he does it. And also they always send him out to do whatever, like any kind of like events or something. And you know, he showed glimpses of if you took the reins off him when he did that promo for Daniel Bryan, had that been able to come to fruition. I mean, this is a guy who could do a lot more than he's being given a chance to do and and again look look what happened ben wall had a style that everybody loved look what happened to him mm-hmm. so yeah he doesn't do a lot of flashy moves but again it goes back to what we, i'm always talking about the guy has psychology and he knows and he's always changing his look and he just he knows what to do when there's a guy when he's 73 can go out there and the missus is going to have a match and i guarantee you he'll come out there in the whole gimmick and and know how to work the match and and uh, and leave seventy three years old without an injury, you know um, he's one of those guys. And also the guy's never sick or injured or whatever. If triple if Triple H is smart, it's like the Miz has to be figured in for you know keep him in a in a good spot. I would put a belt on him. I put take any belt and put it on him so he can make it mean something again. Because none of the with the exception of the heavyweight title that Roman has. All those belts aren't worth shit. I wouldn't. The actual physical belt, 
I wouldn't give you more than 50 bucks for any one of them. If you offered me the U.S. title, like, hey, the actual belt they're going to wrestle for tonight, like yeah. here, I got to give you 50 bucks for you. And that's only because. I'm sorry, the best U.S. title was the WCW one. Yeah, I mean, it's, but that's the thing. It's like the belt in and of itself. I don't even give a shit that's been touched by the real wrestlers. It's not, it's worth that little. <laughs> and it looks like, it looks, it's kind of looked like they tried to make the WWE title, but they decided, okay, we, it, we're going to use somewhat the model of the WWE title for the United States title. Uh, I don't know. I, I think. You know I, I think you know there should be one world champion, one world tag champion, one women's yeah. champion, one women's tag champion. They get to bounce around between all three brands. And yeah. but see, but see, I, I think which, which is going to go into this next topic with this is that USA this is the perfect example why we will never have a unified champion in WWE ever. Because USA, part of the reason why my man Karrion Cross, aka Killer Cross, is back, is that USA wants one of those belts on their show on a regular basis. Now, what's crazy is, and I'm reading, because they, they were talking about the behind the scenes. One, this is how I know that Vince ain't got no say. Right now, they ain't got no say so at this point. They're not trying to make Scarlett Bordeaux a wrestler. She's going to be carrying across his manager. So we now, after, let's see, how many years since the last female manager, which was Andrade's manager, which was Selena Vegas, we now have ourselves a Valet. The first valet in almost how many years now? Going on with five, six years, I think. Because the last two valets we had was the Ravishing Russian, uh, which was Lana, which is CJ Perry. And you had Selena Vega, who was the manager on Andrade. Okay. Glad because Scarlett Bordeaux, I've never seen her wrestle, and she has a look more of a manager than that of a wrestler. That's just my opinion. Um, now, are they saying that because, okay, here's the only issue I have with what's going on with Karen Cross. He is slated to be on SmackDown. He is slated to be a part of SmackDown roster. Okay. Why? Put his ass on Raw. Put the Raw belt on him. Because I already said that technically one of the, the, the plans is for one of them belts for Roman to drop one of those belts. They're going to sandwich Karrion Cross into the feud with Roman and uh, Drew McIntyre, which I already know how they're going to do this. And tell me if I'm lying. I bet you, dog, this Friday, if I have this Friday and this Friday, they're going to have a match between him and um, what's his damn name? McIntyre. And guess what they're going to say? If he wins, he gets added to the match and it becomes a three-way. Uh, that's a very WWE thing to do. And honestly, look, if the W, if, if it's considering what the money USA is giving WWE, it's a very simple request. And again, I don't understand why Roman's being so difficult and that you can't just you don't have to wrestle on the fucking show. You don't have to be there every week, but pop up on there and maybe no, I, don't think, 
I think it's it's I think it's the management. Because okay, I remember when they did unify the belts, right? At one point for a second, you had Brock was on both shows. And then they decided Brock was gonna stay on SmackDown, and that's when they made the move to bring back the gold belt and they put it on Triple H. To me, I don't think it's on Roman because I don't think Roman mind being on both shows, especially if he ain't gonna do much work. Because I, I mean, my, my my thing is, I always thought the brand split was fucking stupid. Yeah. And if you're gonna do this bullshit with the multiple world champions, then in reality, you need to just keep them separate and and stop with the fucking stupid draft because that never goes off well. And just yeah. run them like two separate, like three separate brands. And just assign different like WrestleMania is the only gimme. Maybe maybe also Survivor Series, and then you're gonna have a pay per view every month. And you just dole out the pay like hey like this month or whatever. And and again like you have hours of TV every week to fucking fans and WWE fans do or believe whatever the fuck you tell them anyway. So just be like hey, this month you get a SmackDown pay per view. You gotta wait till next month for a Raw. Uh, you gotta do whatever, and it just. You just keep everybody separate, and then you know it's like every uh, whatever it needs something needs freshening, move them over to SmackDown, or have a loser leaves town, and so on. It just yeah, it's just I don't know, man. It's yeah, it's because I was like, I made everything it. so convoluted, and it just to me the even though it's dumb as fuck for your world champion to wrestle uh, a guy like. Uh, Dante Martin or Vance Warner, like they're a real threat on live TV. As dumb as I, as dumb as and damaging as that is, it's not yeah. nearly stupid as damaging as as like, well, we're taking all these people's money and and this and the more money they give us, the more right they get to say something. So now we have to have like more champions because everybody yeah. has to make everybody. And see, here's my question. I'm gonna ask you this: as from your book, tap into your booking hat. Why would I feed Karrion Cross to Roman if he's not going to win? If this supposed to be your number two heel, and he's a monster heel, and he's a credible threat, why feed him to Roman for him not to win? I understand it's a triple threat. I get that. But you're going to, in fact, bury Carrion if he loses at the castle. Well, I mean, I wouldn't have... I wouldn't beat Roman until he could really... Mean well. Also, here's the other thing: I would never have allowed the unification match if I had to deal with networks crying that they didn't have a champion. But but they should have known that was going to happen because Fox had it. Because you remember Fox was bitching and moaning when the champion, when 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 Roman was more so. When, excuse me. When Brock Lesnar was going on Raw the whole time, they were bitching and moaning because Brock was on Raw. That's I mean, the reason why they used to bring him on SmackDown. Well, unfortunately. I don't even know where to begin because I would not do a triple thread match. I wouldn't no. have had Karrion beat up McIntyre. Tire, yeah. I would have had I, I would have had him come out and attack Lashley, if anybody. Look, here's the deal. I guess if, if Karen's gonna be a heel, I would have McIntyre beat Roman, uh, and then have McIntyre eventually on the other program with Karrion and put over Karrion for the championship and then I would hold Roman uh, for the belt until Cody comes back and make that 
the big WrestleMania moment. Um, yeah. I would maybe use Brock uh, just so Roman can cry and bitch on his own show, like come in and, and fuck up. Now, uh, this is what I'm thinking. Now, is it possible that what they're gonna do is say that the smack? Now, watch this. I put you gonna be like you, you, you are, you are, you can't say the n word, of course. But you can say you are definitely Black Domus. I guarantee you, they're gonna say this. is How we know whether or not Karen Cross gonna win the back? If they say it's for the SmackDown belt, Karen Cross going over, and it's going to be over on McIntyre, and they're going to move Ro- They're going to move Roman to Raw. I mean, it, and I don't know. And also with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Austin Theory. Uh, if, if for whatever reason, code, I would start building up Austin Theory on SmackDown for the possibility of if Cody can't come back in time for WrestleMania, having Austin Theory take that spot and finally, you know, be Roman for that big moment, because if or he starts, you know, Roman on the the pay per view or earlier on, and in turn, him and Roman face because he got to cash in at some point. Because here's the thing: if you start now, and you actually, you know, put in some fucking effort, you can build Austin Theory to a credible threat and a fan favorite to Roman, and keep them apart. And protect Austin for the big match at WrestleMania, where he cashes in maybe at the Royal Rumble, but in the sense of you know like trumping the winner of the Royal Rumble because he gets Roman, so that forces whoever wins the Rumble to take the Raw title, um, and then you can you know do it that way. But again, they they I think in order to undo like you ever get something. You ever have something that's so wild in a knot that you just have to basically cut it to like untangle it? Like that's essentially like your hair gets so knotted that you just have to cut the knot out of the hair, or you have a necklace where you basically almost have to break the necklace to get it unknotted. Vince has just money grabbed and shown his dick to everybody that he shouldn't have and just lost the fucking narrative so bad that essentially at least until they get things settled or whatever, you're going to just have to cut shit out of the hair and just to get whatever pieces you need to get. Like I need a belt over here. So I don't give a fuck. One of these three guys is going to take the belt to raw. Uh, There you go. And then you are going to follow him over there to raw. Okay. uh, Roman's going to stay over here and I'm going to build them new opponents and give him a reason to cry about it. And then over here in raw. So essentially I think the booking and the management of the three brands has gotten so bad. And Vince, with his dick-waving, paying-off jackassery, has lost the fucking narrative and put so many people... I don't give a fuck how long Bruce Pritchard's been around. I don't give a fuck about Ace or any of the other... And the same thing with Stephanie. Stephanie deserves none of the credit. It's all her husband. These fuckwits have booked themselves into a corner, within a corner, within a corner, within a corner, to the point where... <laughs> literally to the point where it's a fucking Christopher Nolan movie where it's like I don't know what's going on up is down, left is right fucking, you know, the Black Panther's back to life, fucking Leonardo DiCaprio is not banging somebody you know, half his age, it's all upside down, it's all crazy, it's all over the place and so you're just gonna have to just get shit done, like okay, 
Put the belt on Champa. Put get get one of the belts off Roman. Do this. Yeah. Okay, somebody's gonna have to lose over here. Get this person over there. You're just gonna have to do shit to do it. And then once it's there, go, okay, whether it's Cross or McIntyre, we have a champ on Raw. And now we go to begin. And you're gonna have to spend the rest of the year just Which is gonna be interesting because I'm curious to see how they're gonna do the tag titles now because there's no credible tag team that we can see that will take down the Usos. Well, again, that's another thing to that has to be undone. That's the thing. It's And I'll argue anybody to death because there's no, again, Vince lost a narrative, and, it, and, it, and I don't even know what the fuck. It's basically just money grabbing. Just half yeah. the shit I've seen, money grabbing and, and just short-term booking and looking for that pop and constantly chasing ratings so he can ask for more money. Like, you're going to have to book. Like, WWE's going to make money regardless. So you're going to have to start booking for long-term effect. The, 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 yeah. this, booking, this booking for, like, it's a pop. We're bringing this person back. Yada, yada, yada. Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. It's crazy because he's a Jew. And, you know, and, and look at the big Jew. He's going to win, you know, and everything else. And and nobody points out the fact that the Saudis want the Jew to come and wrestle for them and cheer him. We're not ever going to address that little factoid. Um, and all this other shit. Uh, you're going to have to actually and, and then hope that, okay, uh, yeah, give us more money to, for five more years on your network of our shitty product. You're just going to have to book and be like, hey, ratings we sell products we're growing as a company like look at the you know and actually build stars again and sometimes when you build stars you have to give them a little bit bigger piece of the pie just remember no matter how much you paid austin no matter how much you paid the rock no matter how much you paid triple h or hulk hogan or even cena the wwe always came out making more and so did vince and so did all the other top no matter how much cena made the, all those guys and the company itself made more. So give them, give them the fuck. And if they and if they ask for too much shit, and are going too crazy with the demands, send them home. Let them sit. Okay. The, even Stone Cold. When Stone Cold took his ball and went home, the wrestling world moves on. Yeah. It, sometimes it sucks. Brock Lesnar left. The wrestling world went on. Hogan. The wrestling world went on. If a guy wants a little bit extra and he's working. 300 plus days a year for you, putting his body on the line, give it to him. If his demands get out of line and crazy and he wants too much control, send his ass home. The world moves on. That is it. The company always, you can afford it. You know, like I said, like I said earlier, this talent that I want to book, I want her, she is perfect for the scene that I want to do. If If I had the money, I would pay her. But on top of paying her travel costs, and her expenses on top of her fee, it just, I, it, it, the money's it just does, not, yeah, the money, it, the money it, it, not that she's make. not worth it, the money doesn't exist. Yeah. So therefore, I can't use it. The, the scene's going to happen, and it's going to go on. Doesn't mean she's not worth it, just, it, you know, it's, if it's, it's unfortunately, her, her cost exceeds the, the business. WWE does not have that problem. You could always, and if it does uh, exceed what, you know, okay, this guy's asking for more than he's worth, then don't pay it. That's it. And let him go. You know, and that's that's like, you know, that's that's the basic thing. It's like I want this talent very badly. I want a booker and she's worth it. And she'd be perfect. She's got the right mental mentality for it. But I saw that she only will do it for this. There's no way. And and to be honest with you, even a year from now, 
even if I don't shoot the scene this year, even a year from now, and I'm doing way better and I'm blown up even bigger, I have to sit down. I run a business. I have to sit down and do the math and go, okay, this much for a flight, this much for a hotel, her fucking fee, da 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 da. I got to feed the bitch when she's on set, yada 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 yada. Is it gonna is it gonna come out on the other end where I'm gonna come out ahead? Nope. Well then, hey, not gonna hire you. The WWE has that ability, and they need to fucking stop being stingy, and they need to make stars again, and they need to make and people that make give a fuck about. Do what he did with Karen Cross. Stop! Stop fucking taking celebrities and putting them on your show and making the guys that I'm supposedly supposed I'm supposed to spend five hours of my adult life. No, I'm sorry. Seven hours of my adult life watching your fucking yes. shows that aren't even worth watching an hour of. And you're going to tell me that this YouTuber or this rapper with, and I have bigger arms to fucking bunny. You're going to tell me that these guys get beat up your wrestlers. That I'm supposed to dedicate seven hours a week, not counting pay-per-views. Uh, really? And I'm supposed to, to do, and then to when do, you come to town, disbelief that he's actually can do this. And then when, and then when you come to town, I'm supposed to take an entire night and, and, and tickets and all your ridiculous, overpriced merch at the at the thing and everything else. Fuck no, fuck no. Yes. You know that's. I mean, you know it's hell. Even even when when female talent do bang a fan. They never make the the guy, even if he's doing a good job. They never they never make the guy look as good or like he's growing as much as actual male talent. And they say it. he's a fan. Yeah, fan and, and that's the thing. And 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 that's the thing. You don't make him look bad, but you're not going to make him look like he's destroying you like a Sean Lawless. Yeah. Just there's so much that they need to fix that I think honestly for the next. What is it, August? Uh, I'm going to say between now and the end of October, it's like, look, you're just going to have to do shit to do it to get people in the positions they need to be in. If you want certain people to be your champ, they're just going to have to win the belts. If you need yeah. to move people over to a show, they're going to have to lose a match, or you're going to have to just say, hey, they're over here now. Um, NXT is a fucking Titanic. you got to raise that shit with a pair of, with some uh, string and bubble gum. You're just going to have to do shit to say, hey, and, and you want to know approve my point that I said NST UK is the best product? Look how they're moving them UK boys over there to 2.0. Fast. J.D. McDonough, a.k.a. Jordan Devlin. Should have been on NXT. Actually, should be main fucking roster, but that's just my opinion. I mean, again, a lot of guys, like, look at look at Champa. Champa did not want to go to the main roster. I no, think he, he was in NXT. Because, because again, look, I would rather work for, I'd rather work for a company like Blush than work for Brazzers. If I'm just going to be some jerk off they use and kind of like, eh, yeah, he's around, we'll use him. Yeah, uh, or, or, hey, you're going to make a little less, but you're going to be treated like, holy shit, like you're going to be like a cornerstone of Blush. Like they're going to treat you like you're like, like you're their TT boy. You're their Peter North. Well, fuck it. I'd rather be at Blush. And be around people that I want to work with to be treated with respect and made to look good and made to look like a star. Whereas, oh, you, we're going to, uh, we boosted, we bumped you up to Brazzers where you're just going to be another asshole in the background. You know, like uh, maybe in a couple of years, we'll let you be on a one-on-one scene, but we're just going to have you do a lot of group shit, getting lost in the crowd. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm I like, I like, I love, I love the cinematographer and his lovely wife, Stacy. I love the people they book. I love their work ethic. 
I'm happy here in the small time, if you want to call it that. I'm happy over here. Champa was a big fish in a small pond, making bigger fish and making and making it a, a, like you want to watch it. So I'd rather be I'd rather be Champa than Champa on the main roster. So I mean, and that says a lot. When people are willing to turn down bigger money to like just be happier, that that says a lot about whatever the fuck you got going on in that main roster. So with that being said, people, we didn't been on these motherfuckers for uh, shit. We started for going on damn near heading four hours. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. y'all went hell of a show. So with that being said, and two, I got to run to the store so I can sit here and watch Raw. And better you than me. Yeah. The next, uh, the next pro wrestling smoke, which will be, which we we'll probably record this weekend, we're going to discuss the return of the women's tag title and what we feel they should do, who should get it, and how they should book it. Yeah, basically my answer is the opposite of whatever the WWE has done since the inception of that belt. Yeah, really. So with that being said, people, you know how we end this all day, every day. Life is a learning experience. What's the point of the experience? If you didn't learn anything, smoke this over. Billy! Uh, Till next time when it's Vader time. We'll see you then. Yes, Daddy. And when we come back, we're going to give it to you, Daddy. Reach your hands. Touch the radio, Daddy. Because you know the American dream. We we have hard times and hard times. Ric Flair, you took my belt, Ric Flair. You gave me hard times. But guess what? Listening to the Pilgrim on wrestling made my hard times great, Daddy. So until next time, Daddy, we out.